Greenberg. Kaz Alter. Kaz Alter. Kaz Zeller. Kaz Lightyear. What, wait, the ham loaf never had. You never had ham loaf? I will make you some ham loaf. What about the onion loafs that they used to sell at Damon's? Onion loaf. That's bread. Can we get the onion loaf? Look at this picture of all of them. I'll have some of that. Yeah, poppers. Looks like bad skin. Olive loaf looks like. Olive loaf. Oh, that just looks like something. You got to go to the dermatologist. Yeah, that looks like something they go, well, we took it off, but you're going to have to come back in five weeks. Use this cream until we see you again. It looks like the sidewalk on Carson Street after Saturday night. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Devin. It's 72 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump is now offering his condolences to the family of Senator John McCain at a dinner with evangelical leaders last night at the White House. Trump made his first remarks about McCain since the longtime Arizona Republican died on Saturday. In an earlier statement, Trump noted he respected McCain's service to the country despite his contentious relationship with the Navy fighter pilot and Vietnam War hero. He also reordered flags to fly at half-staff until McCain's burial on Sunday. The completion of a rehab project on the Liberty Bridge is being delayed again. PennDOT now expects it to be finished by September 18th. Officials say added work to the project caused the latest delay. The bridge's rehab began in August of 2015 and was originally slated to wrap up in July, but Uh, Earlier this year, that date was extended to August. Two new studies say taking aspirin every day does little or nothing to prevent heart attack and stroke. That challenges current recommendations for adults at moderate risk for those conditions. British researchers studied more than 12,000 people for more than seven years. These people took aspirin to prevent heart attack and stroke and had no history of either event. Researchers found no benefit from taking aspirin. They did find a slightly increased risk of bleeding in the stomach and intestines. Researchers in the U.S. who studied more than 15,000 people found a small benefit from aspirin in preventing heart attack and stroke, countered by that higher risk of stomach and intestinal bleeding. The Nevada brothel Sherry's Ranch is now offering a fully automated sex tape room. Customers can now collaborate with licensed sex workers to create their very own sex tape. The new sex tape room is a state-of-the-art automated production studio where clients and uh, hookers use voice-operated systems to create sort of professional-looking videos. There's no film crew. There's just four cameras all shooting from different angles, including a top-down ceiling camera. A computer linked up to the system randomly chooses which camera angles to use, and at the end of your session... The customer owns and gets to take home a fully edited sex video of their own that they starred in. Uh, They get it on an SD card. In music news, the new Fleetwood Mac lineup minus Lindsey Buckingham is set to make its public performance debut on the Ellen DeGeneres show. September 5th appearance will include two songs featuring new members Mike Campbell and Neil Finn alongside Mick Fleetwood, Stevie Nicks, and John and Christine McVie. Meanwhile, the band's An Evening with Fleetwood Mac tour gets underway October 3rd in Tulsa. And they'll play PPG Paints Arena November 1st. Rose McGowan is giving some advice to Asia Argento following recent sexual assault claims made against her. 
Argento was accused earlier this month of sexually abusing former child actor Jimmy Bennett in 2013 and paying him to remain silent about it. McGowan said in a statement that Argento should be the person she wishes Harvey Weinstein could have been. McGowan also said Argento admitted to a mutual friend of theirs she had a sexual relationship with Bennett when he was just 17. She also said she hopes Argento does the right thing and finds her way to rehab and betterment. Uh, McGowan and Argento were some of the first women to come forward with sexual assault allegations against Harvey Weinstein and were both leaders of the Me Too movement. Hazy, hot, and humid today. Temperatures in the low 90s. It's 73 at DVE. It is the DVE morning show. How you doing, Val? Good. How are you? I got a little bit of a cold going on. It seems like, yeah, you sure it's not allergies? Because I know mine been kicking up the last week. Well, I did have some allergies that were pretty bad, but then uh, I, I was uh, away with some college buddies, and one of them was uh, their kid was sick, and so he had his kids oh, cold. No. I'm pretty sure I just got that. So yeah, I know a couple other people who are sick, too. It's that time of year. August, it's when the, everybody gets a cold. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the weather anymore. Like, is summer over? Is it just starting? Uh, is this the dog days of summer? I don't know. It's so hot. It's so humid. I think Mother Nature last week was like, ah, I gave you two nice days. Let's get back to the miserable weather. <laughs> Screw you. It is pretty brutal. I know that. Um, it's just gross. We'll talk with Matt Williamson from, uh, sorry, <clears throat> WilliamsonFootball.com, Steelers Nation Radio about the Steelers trade. Michael, have more on that in sports. I'm going to get my voice together here. I'm having a tough time with it. The Eagles will get us going. Gargle. I'm going to go gargle. <laughs> I'm going to go to the gargle floor. I'll be right back. DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. The Steelers 53-man roster continuing to take shape. They made a trade for a return guy yesterday. Ryan Switzer has been brought aboard to return kickoffs and punts. He comes from the Raiders. Steelers uh, getting Switzer and a sixth-round pick in 2019 they send their 2019 fifth round pick to Oakland in exchange for the five foot eight hundred and eighty five pound return guy from uh, North Carolina. Switzer was with Dallas last season as a rookie. He finished third in the NFC with a 25.0 yard average on 24 kickoff returns, and he also averaged 8.8 yards on 29 punt returns. Apparently, the Steelers not liking what they had seen from. The existing candidates, including Quadri Henderson of Pitt, who was bidding to crack the roster mostly as a return specialist. And uh, Mike Tomlin said yesterday they hope to get Switzer on the practice field today and into the game Thursday night when they conclude the preseason on Thursday night against Carolina. Ryan Switzer initially a, a Charlestown, West Virginia native. He is 23 years of age. Don't think this is... Uh, an earth-shattering balance of power changing move, but they have been lagging in the return game for a long time. And this is a guy Tomlin's been looking at for a long time. Yeah, so we shall see how it works. Uh, a lot of guys back on the practice field yesterday, among them Ramon Foster, who suffered that knee injury on the third practice of training camp, hyperextended knee, and uh, initially the fears were that Foster might be done, but he's not, and he is... Uh, Working to be ready for the September 9th regular season opener in Cleveland. And uh, yesterday, a big step uh, in that direction. It went good. It felt good. 
Shout out to Marquise Pouncey, man. The whole line there, encouragement, man. It's been awesome. I, seriously, that's that's been my uh, my key to getting back as quick. But it felt good today. Uh, it's still one of those things where you just got to evaluate, see how the reaction is tomorrow, how it reacts tomorrow, and you know we're we're moving in the right direction. Now, Foster said he split the first team reps yesterday. T.J. Watt. Also uh, back on the practice field. He's been out for a long time with a hamstring injury, but uh, feeling like he's good to go. Yeah, yeah, I, f- I feel great. I feel really good right now. Think the Badgers will overrated? Oh uh, hell no. I think Wisconsin is overrated at number four, but that's it's it. pretty high, pretty high. Get his opinion on that. TJ is going to be an uncle. Yes, he is. He's tweeting it out last night. Uncle him, Tej. Him and uh, JJ Watt very excited about their brother. But that kid listens to his uncles. Yeah. If not his father. <laughs> Three NFLers. A lot of pressure on the kid. Do this, don't do that, kid. You read the sign. Yeah. <laughs> With Watt's return, uh, the defensive band is almost entirely back together, and Bud Dupree pretty excited about that. First appearance, um, the whole defense was back, except uh, Morgan. So, you know, we got all the pieces back, so we're just trying to move forward. Yeah, that was safety Morgan Burnett, or Burnett, excuse me. Uh, Dupree said he expects Burnett back for the Cleveland game, and he expects uh, Nickelback Mike Hilton back for the Cleveland game. So they're coming together uh, maybe just in time. Uh, that 11-man unit has not worked uh, a whole bunch together, either in practices or games. Somebody seemingly has always been out, but uh, the games that count start next month, and uh, looks like the Steelers are going to have uh, what they want to work with available for that regular season opener against the Cleveland Browns. Pitt getting ready to open up on Saturday against Albany. The uh, big news over the weekend, head coach Pat Narduzzi announcing at the kickoff luncheon that uh, his team's going to the ACC championship game. He told the fans in attendance, uh, see you in Charlotte in December because we're going to be there. And uh, it was a bold statement and then some. But uh, Narduzzi, uh, in his weekly press conference, explaining yesterday in part why he made that statement. One of the reasons, uh, hey, his team's won some big games before, including an upset of number 2 Miami to close last season. So why uh, then wouldn't the Panthers be capable of having a big season? Well, I mean, our kids have played, you know, played big and played good in big games. So I think, uh, you know, obviously those wins help you. You know, when you end with a win, it made the offseason a little bit more um, I guess approachable for our kids, uh, approachable for our coaches. Um, but I think it helps you. I think when you got the ability to win a big game, uh, not get, you know, and you got the ability to win every game. Period. I mean, if you can beat a Miami, you can beat a Clemson. Why shouldn't you win an ACC championship? And it's pretty simple. I think our kids understand that, and and that probably plays in a part why you know they talk like they do. I kind of, I kind of like it. Uh, it's uh, not what you mostly hear from coaches, but it's not the same old. Crap served up on a plate. Uh, I would rather hear him say we're going to the ACC championship game than, gee, I hope we can beat Albany. Yeah, it's a pretty bold statement, though. You know what? If you're the head coach of Pitt, you got to make some noise. you got to try to garner some attention. And if you can back it up, uh, it's going to be fantastic. And if you can't back it up, it doesn't matter a whole lot what you said anyway, right? No one believed it to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> so we shall see. Uh, Penn State and West Virginia are cranking it up this weekend as well. Uh, Penn State hosting Appalachian State on Saturday, 3.30, and uh, West Virginia meets Tennessee, coincidentally, in Charlotte at 3.30. The ACC championship will not be at stake in that game. Another one of those teams in the no. ACC, but uh, they're playing in Charlotte. So, had Dana Holgerson said see in Charlotte, it wouldn't have really 
made much of a splash. No. Or made much sense. Yeah. It's on the schedule. Yeah, they're there. We'll see you there. Well, good. Yeah, we we know what time. <laughs> Pirates are in St. Louis tonight. Yvonne Nova against Jack Flaherty. Uh, the Buccos 64 and 67. 13 and a half out in the division. Eight and a half out in the wild card chase. It is uh, wait till next year time for the Pirates. But uh, still a winning season within reach and uh, still perhaps... Some solidifying to do in terms of uh, what they've got for next year with the rotation and the bullpen and the outfield. And uh, can they, you know, they've dropped, uh, they've gone 11 and 18 in their last 29, but I still feel like they're putting some things in place that would give you reason to have hope for next year. Well, I think they, they stopped the bleeding in terms of the fan attendance for next year. Got a little credibility back. Well, if you're a season ticket holder, you might be more apt to hold on to it. Yeah, and if you're a baseball fan, you might be apt to go next year, which you apparently weren't this year, judging on the attendance. It's been brutal. Uh, Val, what do you got coming up? Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Ben Roethlisberger's new restaurant. Some details being revealed about that. Billy Gardell in the 9 o'clock hour. DVE. It is the DV Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Val Porter. Bill is out today. It's possible that I should be out today, but uh, hopefully my voice is coming around a little bit. Yeah, you should just take it another day. It's getting there. No, I'm getting there. It's okay. Don't push it. Nurse it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me that. I'll nurse it for a few months. <laughs> Steelers-Panthers, Thursday, August 30th. That's the last preseason game. Thank God. This is the game. Get to be the real thing then. Where Edmund Nelson used to eat ribs. Yes. And that would be the end of summer. Charlie carries on the tradition. Don't get me wrong. Charlie Batch still eating ribs in uh, on camera, which seems to be an important aspect of all this since the rib fest is going on simultaneously. And again, always time to break out your sweaters when you see Edmund Nelson eating ribs because <laughs> summer is almost over. Uh, but now it's Charlie Batch, so he is your barometer. But the football game this Thursday night, the last preseason game against the Carolina Panthers, as always, as is tradition. Coverage begins at 3.30, leading up to a kickoff at 7.30, right here on your radio home of the Steelers, DVE. All right, I went a little further that time. I feel like we're stretching it out here. Stretching it out. Almonds, DVE. I'll say it again. I want the Wookiee origin story. I want a movie. All Wookiees on the Wookiee planet. What's the Wookiee planet called? Isn't there a Wookiee planet? Wookiee land. Also, he's 200 years old. Wookie? He looks great. Great. I'm surprised that hair's not gray. <laughs> Will it ever get gray? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently not. 200. He looks Still great. agile? Yes. When is he ever going to lose that accent? Because... What the... Yeah. He's been hanging out with humans who Think- speak... English for 200 years. It would be great if at the end of the solo movie he was like, (laughs) Jesus, that was caught for a long time. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. There should be another movie and it should be about Wookiee. And I've made my case. (laughs) I won't beat a dead Wookiee into the ground. I thought you were going to say that you sound a little like a Wookiee. I do. I have Wookiee like. Voice. Vocal performance this morning, suffering from a, uh, an upper respiratory infection of some sort. Summer cold. My friend's kid had a cold. He's like, "Oh man, I got my kids cold," and I was like, "Now I have oh, it." I know I'm gonna get it. Damn it! 
Um, but, you know, that's what August is for. <laughs> right. Ah, have a lozenge. I've had three already this morning. <laughs> we need to get you some uh, tea with honey and lemon, but we don't have it here. No. Uh, there is tea out here. Okay. I don't have any the honey. The key component of it, I believe, is honey, though. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, there is a coffee shop down the street. I should go. We'll see how I do here. If I can... Okay. I'll, I'll just uh, employ a, an, economy, <sighs> an economy of words here. Yeah. I'll hit mute every time I clear my throat, All I promise. Right. Sounds good. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast, and it's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Seven. It's 73 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The man accused of killing two people at a weekend video game tournament then killing himself had a history of mental health problems. Records from the divorce of 24-year-old David Katz's parents show that he was being treated for psychiatric issues at least as early as age 12. Katz's family has told investigators he continued to suffer from mental health problems. Law enforcement records show police were called to the family's home near Baltimore more than two dozen times. Katz shot more than a dozen other competitors on Sunday during a Madden 19 tournament in Jacksonville, Florida. An electronic Arts CEO Andrew Wilson announced they are scrapping three other qualifying events for the Madden Classic. Wilson said the company is running a comprehensive review of safety protocols for future events. The Pennsylvania Department of Transportation is expanding who can pre-register for a real ID. The process will be available beginning September 4th for anyone who received their first driver's license before September of 2003. Well, so okay. we qualify. Yeah. A real ID card or a valid passport will be required to enter most federal buildings and a pass through airport security beginning in October of 2020. Nearly 200,000 people have already pre-registered. Ben Roethlisberger is opening a new restaurant here in Pittsburgh. We heard about this uh, a little bit previously. North Shore 7, scheduled to open in April of next year. The restaurant will be sports-themed and will feature indoor and outdoor dining, a VIP area, multiple large bars, and a display for sports paraphernalia, including a lot of Ben's gear. Business partner Scott Keir told the Tribune Review that Roethlisberger's teammates call him 7 instead of Ben, so that's why they wanted to name it Seven, North Shore Seven, and Kier said this won't be a run-of-the-mill sports bar. The food is made from scratch, and it'll be a little more fancy. Fancy? Yeah. Uh, so it's they not going like, to be like uh, Bettis Grill? Wingdings. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Did you say wingdings? Wingdings, right, okay. yeah. No so, wingdings. If we're talking wingdings, it's not that fancy, <laughs> no, which I'm is fine. No wingdings. Oh, okay. No. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, I think they have, from what I read in the article, it's like some 24 hour tea marinated chicken that's going to, so it's, you know, a little, little more, uh, foodie, I guess. A little, uh, a little higher fare. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be located near the intersection of North Shore Drive and Tony Dorsett Drive. More like an Elway Steakhouse type thing. Like oh, a Marino okay. Steakhouse. Okay never been to either one of those but well they have steakhouses quarterbacks they have like a steakhouse fancy fair yeah running backs uh, you go and get loaded nachos <laughs> uh yeah i was just trying to find the menu but i'm not sure anyway it's gonna be uh gonna be opening in uh april of next year charlie but- batch is opening up one too the food is just not quite as good but it but it does the job <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. Sweet tea fried chicken marinated for 36 hours in sweet tea. 
Okay. That'd be so pretty. That's, that's a little different. A little sugary. Than you would. Southern. You would expect. Uh, marijuana can be detected in a mother's breast milk up to six days after use. A new study out in the journal Pediatrics said it was similar for women who smoked pot or consumed an edible. It's not clear what effect the chemicals in marijuana have on a developing child. Researchers say more study is clearly needed. Maybe you should hook up with this guy, Randy. An L.A. man is in trouble with the law after authorities say they busted him with hundreds of pounds of stolen lemons. Deputies pulled over 69-year-old Dionisio Fieros Friday morning. A search of his vehicle led to the discovery of 800 pounds of lemons. How would you drive your car with 800 pounds in it? I don't know. I mean, Authorities. I guess you put a couple offensive linemen in the car, it'd be the same thing. I Maybe, yeah. Authorities say the lemons had been freshly picked from a nearby farm and he had stolen them. Fieros was taken into custody and later released after posting bail. Why should I hook up with him? Well, Because you can have some tea and lemon and honey. He's got the lemons. <laughs> okay. I didn't understand what you're talking about. You're like, Randy, you're a thief. No, no. He's got the lemons for your tea. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ladies, what are the little things in life that make you feel good, that make you happy? Getting into bed with fresh sheets, the smell of a scented candle. Fresh sheets are the best. Yeah. When they're crisp and the oh, bed's yeah. just made after that, forget it. Uh, taking your bra off at the end of the day. The smell of laundry right out of the dryer. Uh, according to a new survey, those are just a few of the little luxuries women said that they absolutely love. Taking your bra off is the best. <laughs> John Goodman says ABC plans to kill off Roseanne's bar, uh, Roseanne Barr's character in the spinoff of the Roseanne reboot. The network canceled the show earlier this year after Barr made a racist comment on Twitter comparing former President Obama aide Valerie Jarrett to an ape. ABC later announced it had cut ties with Barr completely and was moving forward with a new series with the rest of the cast called The Connors. Goodman told the British newspaper The Times that he and Barr have had no contact since her firing, but that he knows she is not a racist. The Connors is set to premiere sometime this fall. And finally, Clark County, Nevada medical examiners are confirming Pantera drummer Vinnie Paul's official cause of death. County coroner announced yesterday he died of natural causes, including heart disease at his home in Las Vegas on June 27th, uh, 22nd, rather specifically, coronary artery disease was noted as a significant condition in his death at the age of 54. That's pretty young. Very young. His brother, Dimebag Daryl, was shot and killed on stage while performing with the band Damage Plan back in 2004. Hazy, hot, and humid, low 90s. Uh, temperatures right now around 74. Uh, it's going to get just gross all week. Yeah. Hopefully your but AC it, is working okay. But it is August. The dog days, like you said earlier, Val. On the uh, way for you, Billy Ardell in the 9 o'clock hour will be joining us. Plus, we'll talk to Steelers Nation Radio's Matt Williamson about the latest move for the Pittsburgh Steelers, bringing in return man Ryan Switzer and, uh, you know, hopefully improving special teams play for the Steelers who get their uh, last chance to show what they got, what, what they can do. You want to make this team? You better do it Thursday. That's right. Football back on DVE. Steelers and the Panthers, a 7.30 kickoff. We start the preseason pregame at 3.30, four hours before kickoff, right here on your radio home of the Steelers, DVE. Fresh off an appearance at Jurgles. The DVE Morning Show. Sweet Emotion, Steven Tyler.
They are uh, getting set for their residency in Las Vegas. 50th anniversary next year. Yeah, I'll probably do it. That might take me back to Vegas. Oh, you would go to Vegas for that? Well, I I need to have like a bookend on my relationship with Aerosmith. <laughs> Wasn't that the first concert they you were ever my went to? First, the first album I bought, the first concert, the first band I absolutely loved. Wow. I used to draw the Aerosmith logo on my notebooks. Wow. That is... That is d- dedicated. Well, I used I do, to do the I, same thing with the Van Halen. I did the Van Halen one letters, too. Yeah, I was trying to think. Like I did that one, and I got good at the doors, the block letter one. Oh wow! Like okay, I got, yeah, I got fairly good at that. I I made one in wood shop one time. Yeah, <laughs> a doors like placard for my room because really, when I was a kid, it was all about how many classic rock bands can I have represented, and then it was just rock. It wasn't classic yet. But right, yeah. The Led Zeppelin mirror I won at Geauga Lake because the guy couldn't guess my weight. Oh, yeah. You know, you do the old rocks in the pockets thing. Yep. And uh, that was really the prized possession. And it hangs, it still has the beer tab that I hot glued onto the back wow, of it. Wow, you still have it. Yeah, it's in my. I have it in my basement. I think I still have some of the stuff that I got at the fair. I had a Van Halen mirror. It was just a little one, probably like five by five. That's same. Uh, same... Uh, trip to Geauga Lake I had Robert Plant I won a Robert Plant album I believe it was The Principle of Moments Yeah And I set it down For a second And uh, Some kids stole it (laughs) And I couldn't believe That I'd gotten ripped off Like it just didn't make sense to me I'm like Why would somebody steal it I don't get it (laughs) It was my first Right there Val Created a cynic (laughs) As a kid I'd been burned Because I wanted I wasn't going to be able to hear Big log. <laughs> Isn't that on principle of moments? I think so. Uh, well, at any rate, yeah, Aerosmith's uh, residency coming up to celebrate their 50th anniversary. It's going to be highly attended, to put it mildly, I believe. Mike Pursuta coming in next with a sports update for you. Voice is coming back. It took a little while. To get it warmed up. Yeah. You need some Vicks. Something. I you wanna, Do you do the Vicks still? on? They make it in a cream now, not the greasy gel Ugh. stuff. What? Vicks cream? Well, it's not as slimy as the old stuff in the little green jar. Uh, petroleum jelly? Yeah. That doesn't sound appealing this, at all. This rubs in like like hand lotion. I don't know, man. My mom used to put that stuff on my chest. My grandmother used to tie a sock around my neck filled yeah. with Vicks. Yes. I'm not sure what the hell they were doing. Take me Trying to a doctor. Trying to vampires? Or what? Yeah, take me to a doctor, <laughs> my, would you? My mom would tie like an old t-shirt or a pin it yeah. around my neck. To cover, you know, your chest when you rub the Vicks on. Did you ever do the put your head over the boiling water with a little Vicks in it? No, they yeah. used a vaporizer and put Vicks in it. Oh, fancy. To steam up the room. We didn't have fancy vaporizers. <laughs> yeah, we had a vaporizer. It was called a boiling pot of water. <laughs> Mike's got your sports when we come back. Steelers make it a necessary acquisition, although not an earth-shattering one. Yeah. I can't say I was sitting here saying, boy, if they could only get Ryan Switzer, the Super Bowl is within reach. Well, there are lots of Steelers fans who who may think that this is all they needed. That's it. I'm sure there are today. (laughs) I don't know that Switzer will one day have his own restaurant on the North Shore, but uh, welcome to the team, buddy. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Mike will explain all the details on that next. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is brought to you by Citizens Bank. Information uh, continues to trickle in regarding the opening of Ben Roethlisberger's restaurant. Seven. <laughs> Some stuff that uh, Valde did not include in the press release. 
some characteristics of Ben's restaurant, which will identify it clearly with the Steelers franchise quarterback. Yeah. I eagerly await to hear the details. Yeah. Um, as far as the leftovers go, they're not going to have doggy bags. They're going to have sacks. Oh. Nice. Okay. When they run out of an item, as you're ordering, they're not going to tell you specifically they're out of that item. They're just going to say, maybe we don't have it anymore. (laughs) 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 Most of the orders will arrive in a timely fashion, but occasionally your server's just going to hold on to it too long. Just too long. (laughs) Just trying to make a better dinner out of it, that's all. During busy periods or when the mood strikes him, Roethlisberger will tell you what you're having. And he'll do so via hand signals. I like that. The good news is you'll be out of there in two minutes or fewer. That's good. Yeah, the no menu. I like running the no menu. And uh, last but not least, you can't sneak in or sneak out. Todd Haley can't come in at all. And Mason Rudolph, he's allowed in, but only to watch other people eat. (laughs) You're off on the Ben Roethlisberger. I think the server, every time they put your food down, they should like like go, ah. I kind of just kind of shake off an injury, and then no, no, I'll be good. I'll be able to deliver the next round. I'd like the cheesesteak. Eh, maybe we don't have it anymore. <laughs> Might want to think about something else. Oh, he's not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> he's going to give you to Heisman. Uh, Ryan Switzer's the new kid. It in sounds town. like, by the way, like we were saying earlier, it sounds like that's like more like an Elway or Marino type place. Classy. Yeah, like a little bit of a yeah, like us. I'll tell you what. I, Not I, like us. I more choices the better down there by the ballparks. You know what I'm saying? What are they going to? Are they going to start putting restaurants crowded, on top of restaurants? Yeah. That'd be cool if they had Marquis Pouncey's restaurant like low, and then on the second <laughs> level was like Ben's behind it. <laughs> right, there so, are no linemen restaurants here. How is that? You'd think that would be the ideal. Yeah. Chop house or something, you yeah. know, for 68 pounds of meat. Chop block house. Dude, Kimo Von Olhoffen had a chance. He, if he would have done the pig pit, I'm telling you right now. that would have been, been the Manny Sanguine of the Steelers. He would have been the Manny Sanguine of Steeler games. And that's good stuff. The, the pulled pork? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the best. People like that. Now, is Manny not out there anymore? Because um, he used to be at every home game. I don't know that he's at every game. I don't know that he's not ever there. I had a 20-game season ticket package when PNC Park first opened, and I went to Manny nearly every game. I had everything. I, I could, I'd get a Manny autograph every time, and my refrigerator was decorated with Manny Sanguian autographs. I had so many of them. That right field area is underrated. You love it. Because it's self-contained. Well, that was in left field, wasn't it? It was like left center, wasn't it? No, right center. The Manny? Yeah. Okay. Mostly center, but... Those right field areas, you, you have access to restrooms and beer and food, and there just aren't nearly as many people as there are behind home plate. And you don't have to walk up as yeah. many steps. If you, if you like to sit down low. Well, the man was as soon as you go up the steps, it was yeah, right there. But right. there just there aren't that many steps out there. And it's a good view of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to disagree with you. You like standing out in that. Uh, what's that? Left field now is. The uh, bar? What's it, what is it called? I don't know, but it's a bar. Okay. Good enough. And there are two rows of standing room area with uh, tabletops that you can lean on or put your drink on or your spit cup, whatever you happen to have. <laughs> or your spit cup. Just don't get them confused. No. And, uh, you know, there's a restroom in there, and you go right to the bar, get your drinks quick. Wow, man. Nutting would love this endorsement. PNC Park. It's fantastic. It's a great place to drink and spit. Yes. I've always said, 
it's a, it's a great bar. It's just you know, a little bit of a cover charge. Well, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be getting their act together going into 2019, but uh, making some moves to make that happen. But before we go into the Bucko situation, let's talk a little Steelers as they have now gotten the final piece of the puzzle to bring the seventh Lombardi Trophy back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I talked to Bill Peduto late, late last night. He is planning the championship parade after the acquisition of Ryan Switzer. Perfect. Uh, Steel. Here's how, why it makes sense, Randall. The Steelers were 29th in the NFL in kickoff return average last year. They were 23rd in punt return average. Uh, Antonio Brown uh, returned 11 of those punts. Uh, Eli Rogers was the primary guy. Who knows if Eli's ever coming back because of his knee and because of his suspension and uh, mm-hmm. who knows what else. Uh, they prefer Antonio Brown not expose himself uh, in that capacity. So they trade with the Raiders for Ryan Switzer. 5'8", 185 pounds. He was a fourth-round pick of the Cowboys last year. Averaged 8.8 yards on 29 punt returns, including one for a touchdown, and 25 yards on 24 kickoff returns. He had been traded to the Raiders. Now he's been traded to the Steelers. So he's either in high demand or he can't keep a job. But <laughs> it's uh, the Steelers also get uh, a sixth-round pick, and they send a fifth-round pick to Oakland. Mike Tomlin said they want to get Switzer on the practice field today and in the game Thursday night against Carolina. That was uh, one interesting development yesterday. It was a pretty busy Monday for the last week of the preseason, which is usually kind of a just get through it and let's get on to the real season type right. of exercise. A uh, bunch of guys coming back to practice yesterday. Ramon Foster, Bud Dupree, Antonio Brown. Uh, the defense starting to come back together with the addition of T.J. Watt who's been out with a hamstring injury. He was back on the practice field yesterday. And uh, Bud Dupree talked about, yeah, a lot of guys have missed time, but not a lot of guys have missed a lot of time. We ain't had a lot of people missing at one time. Been like one person missing at a time, two people missing. TJ and Morgan were the only ones that were gone for a significant time. Then Mike came late, but he had already got like enough time to be with us. Terrell doing a great job in Morgan's spot. So it would be good to see the um, rotation that they have. Good to see that the rotation the rotation that they have. He's talking about number one pick Terrell Edmonds and Morgan Burnett, the uh, marquee free agent addition at safety. Burnett has missed a lot of time. Edmonds has been playing Burnett's spot, or when Sean Davis misses time, Burnett switches to free safety and Edmonds plays Burnett's spot. Uh, Terrell Edmonds is coached up at least at strong safety. We've also seen him a ton on special teams. We've seen him in that 7D beast package, which they've hardly ever used. Uh, he talked uh, after the game on Saturday against Tennessee about how much he might see the field as a rookie. Honestly, however much they put me on there. So where, wherever they put me, regardless in what package or whatever, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to try to help them out the best way I can, try to help out the team the best way I can. Just go out there, try to make a play. Even if it's on special teams, just go out there, give my all, and just try to make a play. Got to get this kid on the field, right? He's not the nickelback because that's Mike Hilton's job, and Mike Hilton's very good at that. How much are they going to play dime or seven DBs? Are they prepared to make that uh, significant switch? Mm-hmm. Or are those just kind of occasional specialty packages that they'll throw in there once in a while? Uh, is there going to be a rotation at strong safety? Boy, that would be that would be interesting, particularly given – veteran rookie status being the the uh, variables there or is that bud dupree just rambling well you know 
No one's ever accused him of being a master tactician or a strategist or anything like that. I don't. But think would that... he just come up with rotation on his own? Uh, I get yeah. Definitely, maybe repeating something. We're supposed to talk to Keith Butler today. Uh, we'll get to the bottom of this. I, I, the Edmonds thing to me is fascinating. He's not a perfect player, Randall. He has made his mistakes, but he, boy, he makes plays too. You saw him against Tennessee. When it works right, Dupree gets the pressure, and Davis is back. Covering his backside is the free safety. That allows him to aggressively go for an interception, and he gets it. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't get a chance to see the game, and I read all about uh, so, yeah. it, uh, of course. But um, him coming up big with the pick. It was one of those plays. It just worked exactly how they draw it up. Dupree flushed Mariota. Mariota had to throw back across his body. Davis had the the deep center covered, and Edmonds jumped it and picked it off. Do um, are, are you thinking right now with this kid – you know, we always make the Troy Polamalu comparison in terms of the first year assimilation. Some guys are I think further he's ahead of Troy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that yeah. it seems like he's already ahead of him in terms of sort of understanding things. Let's be very clear. I'm not the, calling him now. Troy. That's yeah. That's as rookies, this right. kid is ahead of Troy. Troy was a. Uh, uh, just a ball of mistakes. Yes. As a rookie, and you sat and watched and go, "Wow, this kid's going to be good eventually," because you just knew that athleticism was just over the top. Yeah. Um, but he he had a little bit of a learning curve trying to figure yeah. out the, uh, his assignments and responsibilities in the NFL. Trying to do too much. This kid seems like he's a little more scholarly about it. Is that the right? That's way to a say? great word. You know, he comes from an NFL family. His dad was in the league. Uh, he's got one brother in the league. He's coming into the league with another brother. This is just kind of what he was born. Mm-hmm. To. As far as he knows, this is what he was born to do, and what he's been preparing to do all along. Yeah, and uh, you, you see the character and. Uh, the ability to acknowledge mistakes and learn from them, and everybody says he doesn't make the same mistake twice, and uh, he's he's very engaging. Uh, he's got to play a significant amount. They drafted him number one for a reason. It's just you know when and where, and probably you're not going to see that before Cleveland, because why would they? show everybody else what they're thinking. When I read about... Because, you know, if they wanted everybody to know what they were thinking... They'd go on hard knocks. They'd be talking. <laughs> I, I uh, When I read the recap of the game, I just started thinking about Edmonds and whether or not people like uh, Kevin Colbert ever get credit after the fact when they jump up and take somebody who ends up panning out it seems to me that you never go back and go, well, remember they took it. Everybody was on their case about it. It seems to be one of those things where you just have to take it at the time, and when it works out, you can't even do the I told you so's because people just kind of forget all about that. I mean, he wasn't projected as a first-rounder by most teams. Well, I don't know about that. Not by most draft analysts. So you don't know what was on every team's board, you're yeah. saying? It was certainly, I mean, you would concede it. It was a bit of a surprise when they took him where they did. It was, except there weren't really any linebackers left, and he was the, the, the next closest thing. Mm-hmm. They kind of addressed their number one need. They just did it in a different way that that people thought they were going to do. Well, the people who get paid to criticize these things were uh, having a field day with it. Sure. That's what they do. Yeah. But I, I really like him as a player. He seems... Uh, great dude. He seems like a great kid. Yeah. And I think he's going to be an easy guy to root for. He was fun to hang out with at, uh, at camp. Yeah. Uh, Ramon Foster back as well, Randall. Uh, we'll hear from him next hour. Good deal. He thought he was done. Oh, geez, that would have been terrible. Back in July. Now, now he knows he's not. All right. On the way for you, Billy Gardell joining us in the 9 a.m. hour. Also, we'll speak with uh, Matt Williamson from Steelers Nation Radio about 
the latest Steelers acquisition and what that means going forward. I'd like an egg sandwich. Uh, maybe we don't have it anymore. It is the DB Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Val Porter this morning. Bill is off today, and uh, I should save my talking. In between breaks, I'm getting too animated with Mike. Yeah, I'm talking run- football. I'm running out of words. Uh, did you hear the story, Valerie, about this bride and her Facebook post in which she has recently called off her wedding? Now, the reason is Susan mm-hmm. and her fiancé were all set to get married. They had one problem. They were short of the budget they needed for her dream wedding. Now, they only had $15,000. I think it's a lot. Okay, so you scale back on your expectations. No, you don't, Val, because it's 2018, and what we do now is just tell everybody that you you got to pay. That's you right. You set up a GoFundMe for your wedding? She did. She wanted oh a... God. Quote, extravagant blowout wedding where she could be, quote, a Kardashian for a day. Oh, my God. Which, I don't know, I guess maybe they were going to invite an NBA team. <laughs> so Susan asked all of her friends and family if they'd give them cash to help cover the cost, and not just a little bit. Guess how much she wanted all of her guests to give her? No idea. Go pound salt. Here's what she wrote. We sacrificed so much and only asked each guest for around $1,500. What is this woman's name? Susan. Oh, no last name. They crossed out her last name on the, the viral post anyways. Only eight people sent them checks. Well, those so, eight people should have their heads examined. <laughs> she freaked out and called off the wedding. Now, because of the situation, she dumped her fiance. Oh, and okay. She's, so this is a, she's a nut job. She's using the eight thousand or the eight people's fifteen hundred, so twelve hundred bucks, to go to South America for two months and quote, rid stay her, there, rid herself of toxic energy. Oh. There's tons of swear words in it. She's like freaking out, having a little bit of a meltdown. What's the sense of entitlement when it comes to wedding? It's a, I, bl- I blame the damn boob tube, Val. Well, you obviously don't really want to marry this guy. You want to have a wedding. I think a red flag in a relationship is when a woman talks about her wedding like it's the most important. It's the goal. Yeah. Like, I, I get it if you're like, oh, I always dream my wedding day would be like this. But when it's yeah. like Susan is trying to uh, put it together. Have a dream wedding and cancels it because she can't have it. Right. What's more important? You're a nut job, Susan. Right. Do you think Susan would agree to take all the money, say she got $60,000 with the stipulation she couldn't post anything on social media from her dream wedding? No way. Because then it didn't happen. No way. If she only gets to experience it without bragging about it, it doesn't happen. She would never do it. No. I mean, this type of woman would never do that. I know. That's what I think is hilarious. Like, we have your dream wedding set up. One stipulation. Zero Instagram posts. Zero Facebook posts. Nothing. Or you're paying 120 grand. She would never in a million years do it. And it would be such a fun TV show to, like, put hidden cameras and watch her just being sad about her, <laughs> her dream day happening and not being able to brag about it. 
Oh my God! Seriously, this who is everything the, I ever wanted, except I don't get to brag about it. Who are the people who sent her the money? It's got to be her parents, siblings, aunts and uncles. Yeah, only the people closest to her that she could guilt into doing it. If I asked my family members for fifteen hundred apiece for a, a dream wedding, oh my God! If someone said that to me and my family, it would be hilarious. <laughs> they would get there'd be like bundles of Monopoly money coming in the mail. <laughs> Here's a start on it. Good luck. Just the fact that dream wedding was, that term was used would probably get you tortured. I couldn't date somebody who, like, whose goal was that wedding. You would know right away, right? You would know what kind of person it was. This guy's probably like, whew, dodged a bullet there. He totally did. Or he was like, you think people are going to send us 1500 each? That's fine. I'll marry you. And he had a he had a wedding set up for about twenty one k. He's planning on pocketing in the rest, which is still a pretty nice wedding, dude. The fifteen grand they had, I thought, was pretty good. Yeah. Well, you went you to a wedding still... in, in Franklin this past weekend. Yes. And I was saying to you, like the small town weddings, like I grew up in Erie, going to pigs and rigs at yeah the at fire the fire hall. hall. That's where the reception was. It's the best. Yes. Those are the best weddings. Yeah. The only thing better than that was the stag and drag that preceded it. Now, I don't know if you guys had stag and drags. What is that? Stag and drags is like a a takeoff on the old, like, stag party, you know, the bachelor party. Stag and drag was, like, for everybody. And you set up... Co-ed. Co-ed. Okay. Yeah, but, like, kids go, too. And you set up, like, uh, casino games all over the place. Mm -hmm. And you sell tips, 50-50s. Yeah. And it's just nonstop gambling with... The goal being raising money for the dream wedding, which is the pigs oh, and rigs so, right. bill later yeah, right, on. Exactly. So you raise money for the wedding through the stag and drag. And it's the funnest party. And they always have like a beer truck outside of the fire Never hall. Never heard of that. Dude, it's the best. And you win like a bottle of booze on 50-50s all the time. And you break it open and everybody drinks it. And it's not like 30 people show up. They're, that's like a 200-person it's Plus, like the the pre-wedding wedding. Yeah, you get invited to the stag and drag, but maybe not the wedding. Oh, okay. You know, like if you're like a distant friend, you're like, oh, they're having a stag and drag. Let's go. Because you uh, know everybody. I see. It's so fun. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah. They did the dollar dance at the wedding on Saturday, and Tim was like, what? What do they do? What is this? Dollar dance. Yeah. Is that not, a, know Pit- it? Is that a, not a Pittsburgh thing? Apparently not. Yeah. You think they would dig it. Pittsburgh gets one thing right with weddings. The cookie though. table. It's the greatest. Yeah. The cookie table is such a game changer. It the, is it's spectacular. The amount of times I've been dragged to weddings where I'm like, I don't know anybody and I'm here as a date <laughs> and I didn't care because I was just kind of like, no, it's cool. No, I'm just biding my time. To the cookie table. I'm going to wreck that cookie table. My favorite part is when they have bags or boxes for you to take the cookies home. You have to have oh, the bags. Oh, that's the best. Oh, man. I'm like... One of those old guys in a jewelry store, too. I'm like, look, I'm holding it up to my eye. <laughs> like, this one's got coconut. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty spectacular part of it. There's, dude, waking up the day after a Pittsburgh wedding, mm-hmm. and you got a bag full of just ridiculously good cookies. Everybody's aunts baked like six dozen cookies and neighbors. <laughs> and I always think about how much time it took for my bag (laughs) to be made yeah because i'm like i just took so many cookies it took me one second to go yoink 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 yeah and you know these old ladies are just grueling over these cookies and i'm throwing them in my mouth and one in the bag and you know a couple in the pocket sometimes i feel bad because you eat so much of the cookie table then the wedding cake kind of gives an afterthought 
Totally agree with you. I mean, you have to scarf down a little wedding cake for right. the good luck aspect. But yeah, it's a good luck. Cookie table. I don't know why everybody hasn't like just adopted that across the country. Because yeah, it's, it's only e- Pittsburgh. It's a very Pittsburgh thing. Maybe it's not only Pittsburgh, but it's the only place I it's, know of it. Yeah. Uh, Val's got a news report coming up next. What do you got? Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this resort offering you your dream job. Also talking Steelers with Matt Williamson from Steelers Nation Radio and WilliamsFootball.com. Billy Gardell in the 9 o'clock hour. <laughs> Voice is coming back. Took a little while. To get it warmed up. Yeah. You needed some Vicks. I don't know, man. My mom used to put that stuff on my chest. My grandmother used to tie a sock around my neck filled yeah. with v- Vicks. Yes. I'm not sure what the hell they were doing. Take me to a doctor. Of vampires or what? Yeah, take me to a doctor, <laughs> my, would you? My mom would tie like an old t-shirt or a pin it yeah. around my neck to cover you know, your chest when you rub the Vicks on. Did you ever do the put your head over the boiling water with a little Vicks in it? No, they yeah. used a vaporizer and put Vicks in it. Oh, fancy. The steam up the room. We didn't have fancy vaporizers. <laughs> yeah, we had a vaporizer. It was called the boiling pot of water. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I mean, we had vaporizers. They they were like Vicks brand. Oh, yeah? Vaporizer, yeah. And you put like little Vicks in like the little tray. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't trying to. Ours was really old. It was glass. Oh, wow. You had like my head, I'm sure it had to be from the 50s. That's from Probably the, got legionnaires from it also. I was just going to say, I think all of them do. <laughs> Those things spread more disease than they help, I Hopefully think, Hopefully the Vicks counteracted a little bit of the legionella. You, you don't typically want water in the... like <laughs> Steaming. Yeah. <laughs> it really is the breeding ground for bad stuff. <laughs> but like Keurig... <clears throat> pardon me. Old coffee machines, Keurig machines vaporizers that go unclean those are just legionnaires disease waiting to happen yeah i wonder if i don't drink it but i wonder if they get cleaned here ever they do because i saw an office an inner office email one time an inner office memo memo because jen upstairs she puts vinegar in them oh and cleans them and one had a little bit of vinegar in it and instead of just running more water through it someone had to bitch about it (laughs) like you know, she's cleaning everything. Right. Help her out. Exactly. They're like, there's, it tastes nope. like vinegar. Well, just run another water through it. Yeah. Pretty easy to do that. I don't know. Just who. one button. I don't know who bitched about it. <laughs> I don't remember who don't it know. was, but I if I find out who it I was. I don't recall so, that. So. I don't remember. I'm not going to sell anybody out on that, but uh, just do what we do. Make a total mess that never gets cleaned up. Right. And Valerie Spray looks at it and goes, you guys are pigs. What are you going to do? Well, now that we're on this side of the building, we don't make nearly as much of a mess. Why is that? Don't know. Isn't that... Because there's a Keurig, I think. That's probably why. You don't make coffee and spray the grounds all over the place. I never did that. We all know who did that. (laughs) And he'll be in with sports at the bottom of the hour. (laughs) Val's got your news right now. Here's uh, the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Seven. The heat index? Swampy. Uh, it's 75 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. is releasing a statement that serves as a denial of a former Vatican ambassador's claims of knowledge of sexual misconduct allegations 
from former Pittsburgh Bishop Donald Wuerl. The statement denies former Vatican Ambassador Carlo Vigano his claim that Wuerl was aware of the allegations against former Archbishop Theodore McCarrick for years before McCarrick resigned last month. Wuerl, now the Archbishop of Washington, uh, the Archbishop, or the Bishop rather, here from 1988 to 2006. Plans are being finalized for the late Senator John McCain. The Arizona Republican died Saturday at the age of 81. McCain will lie in state in the Arizona State Capitol on Wednesday. Former Vice President Joe Biden will speak at a memorial service for McCain at the North Phoenix Baptist Church on Thursday. Larry Fitzgerald also scheduled to speak. McCain's body will be flown to Washington, D.C., where he will lie in state in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda on Friday. There will be a memorial at the Washington Cathedral Saturday, and speakers will include former presidents Barack Obama and George W. Bush and former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. Davis, uh, his spokesperson, said the funeral procession will make a stop at the Vietnam War Memorial en route to the Washington Cathedral. Members of McCain's family will lay a wreath at the memorial. McCain will then be buried at the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland, in a private ceremony on Sunday. A Tennessee man is accused of sexually assaulting a dead woman. Officials in Memphis say Cameron Wright was spotted having sex with the corpse last week in a storage room at the hospital where he works as a security guard. Witnesses reported seeing him having intercourse with the 37-year-old remains of the woman who had just recently died. The 23-year-old man was arrested and has since been released, but is due back in court today on an abuse of a corpse count. What state is that? Uh, that is Tennessee. Mm. Probably should keep that guy in jail. Yeah. I, you know, there's a bunch of necrophiliac jokes you could tell, but what's the point? Right. That's some weird stuff. The Sam Kinison bit on necrophilia is always the funniest one to me. <laughs> when the guy's laying there and he's like, well, I'm dead. Well, this isn't so bad. Wait a minute. What's happening? What? <laughs> If you're looking for a job, in some reason, there have been a lot of these types of promotional stunt-type jobs popping up. A hotel and resort in Mexico called Grupo Vedanta is hiring someone for what they are calling the world's best job, which is a professional uh, vacationer. They want somebody to travel between their six resorts for an entire year, writing, quote, engaging content on social media about what they have to offer. So that means free access to their restaurants, spas, all their activities, everything that's available on their resorts. They mentioned zip lining, swimming with sharks, nightclubs, learning to salsa dance, tequila tasting and golfing as some of the things you'll do. They're actually paying you to do this. I mean, it's not like we're going to pay for you to live. They're paying $120,000. Something tells me they are not going to hire an over 40 pot-bellied balding <laughs> dude to do this. Applications are due by September 20th. Must they're, be a hot chick. They're looking for people with sales or hospitality experience hot who, chick. who are willing to move to Mexico for a year. Hot chick. Instagram. Which, if you're young and you're like, you don't have a great job out of college, why wouldn't you do this? Or try to, anyway. Well, that's uh, why it should be the over 40 dude who does this instead of like a 20, 20 year old kid. They, they'll, they, they haven't seen enough of the world. They'll make it all look great. They don't know. Of course, all the, the beach and nightlife stuff is fun. The website to apply if you're interested is worldsbestjob.com. I mean, you need the 40 year old guy being like, oh, yeah, they got great bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Close to the restaurants. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, And speaking of uh, travel, a new global survey has revealed that one in every 50 travelers uh, says they have met the love of their life on an airplane. I definitely thought I did before. Really? I mean... Not like the love, like oh my god, I'm going to marry this person. But, but you stayed in contact with this person, and one time like, I did, yeah. Wow. But or, I mean, it wasn't. It never turned into anything. No, it was unrequited. Uh. <laughs> they, they, they were like the annoying guy from the plane is bothering me with an email again. Yeah, I think that the, this went a little further than that for those people. Uh, better factor your dog into your monthly budget. Most dog owners underestimate how much they are spending on their pups. A survey found dog owners think they spend about eh, 25 to $75 a month on their dog. A Rover.com study revealed, though, that dog lovers actually drop about $153 a month on average on their dogs. Uh, that adds up to a whopping $1,836 a year. And expect to go way higher than that when they get old. I was going to say, <laughs> you you know all about that. Oh, I can't even. I have two 14-year-old dogs that have, both have had major, major health issues this summer. And when you get those big bills, you're like, son of a... Yeah, but... You have to do it. It's part yeah. of the deal. Yep. Uh, Roger Daltrey has not given up on his plan to make a film about the late Keith Moon. The project has been in the works for more than two decades. Uh, At one point, he was set to move forward with Mike Myers in the starring role, but that never panned out, leaving Daltrey to look for someone else, someone he says must uh, possess a unique quality. Got to find the right screenplay. And at the moment, we have got a writer in place. I won't mention his name. He hopes to be starting it towards the end of this year. Hopefully, we'll be in production next year. I've got to find a Keith Moon. It's going to be very, very dependent on the actor and the actor's eyes because you've got to cast it completely from the eyes because Moon had extraordinary eyes. This is the easiest casting ever. I've been saying it for years. Jason Schwartzman is Keith Moon and he's a drummer. Does he have the right eyes? He's not, yeah, he's, you know... He's an actor. Whatever. Open your eyes wide. <laughs> but he's a drummer. He drums like from Phantom Planet. He's like a eyes. good musician. He's a. I think he's a brilliant actor. He's like the same stature as Keith Moon. He'll pull it off. He's got a really great comedic acting sensibility. So like, you know, Moon was hilarious. I don't know why they haven't gone forward with that. Joe Walsh was recently on the WTF podcast with Mark Maron talking about his days partying with Keith Moon. Mm-hmm. And... It's just, I can't even imagine. It's hard to believe he lived as long as he did. Was it in the Eagles documentary that they talked about Joe Walsh and uh, John Belushi partying? Was that the Eagles documentary? Possibly. I mean, if like that, they went crazy in Hollywood. I think, th- like, that whole crew, like, everybody from John Lennon and um, um, Harry Nilsson and Keith Moon, Townsend was there for a little while. Joe Walsh, just that whole nickel, like De Niro, Robin Williams, John Belushi, mm-hmm. just kind of swept up in the uh, in the fervor of the moment, which yeah. involved like truckloads of cocaine. Yes. 
Uh, finally, Louis C.K. is returning to stand-up comedy for the first time since being accused of sexual misconduct last year. He put on a show, a surprise show in New York City on Sunday night and got a standing ovation from the crowd. It was his first public appearance since admitting to masturbating in front of women last November. Afterward, he lost his deals with FX, HBO, Universal, and with Netflix. Well, he's not going to get any of those deals back anytime soon. You think that was like too soon for him to return? He got a standing ovation. I oh I look. So I, I had no doubt he was gonna so. no, but he is getting crucified online right now. If you go on Twitter and type in Louis C.K., you'll see that he's not. It's not exactly a uh, love fest. Roundly uh, encouraged return to uh, form for Louis C.K. by yeah. his peers, but it also seems to be very East Coast West Coast. All the West Coast comics seem to be super pissed about him coming back, and, and the East Coast comics seem to have a little more forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Louie. Hazy, hot, and humid, low 90s for the high today. It's 77 at DVE. Steelers Panthers on Thursday, the fourth game of the preseason, be broadcast right here on DVE. It's a 7.30 kickoff. Joining us right now from Steelers Nation Radio, Matt Williamson. Good morning, Matt. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. All right, well, the Steelers get a good uh, uh, kick returner in Ryan Switzer with the trade uh, that occurred yesterday. Tell us a little bit about this guy and what they can expect to uh, to see from him and how it will improve special teams. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the key. Is he's They've been kind of searching for a kick returner and especially a punt returner not named Antonio Brown, and they don't want to obviously put him out there in, you know, in case of emergency only. Um, and he's excellent, and maybe he's even better than Brown as a punt returner. I, that, that remains to be seen, but he is very quick, feisty, tough, plays the game hard. I think he'll be very much a fan favorite, but he brings more than just special teams, too. I mean, on offense, he's kind of the prototypical slot receiver. He's not going to play outside, um, you know, he could play in four receiver sets with the top three, and him and Juju could be on the on the slot, or Juju could bounce outside, and he could be you know your your third receiver, um, sort of in an Eli Rogers role. But I think I trust Switzer more, um, better hands, um, you know, like I said, tougher. You know, handles the inside routes really well. It's a nice pickup, and and one of the keys is. You know, they control his contract for the next couple of years, you know, that he's under contract for a while. And he's cheap. You know, he doesn't hurt you much against the cap. Usually these type of deals are a Vance McDonald, Hayden type edition that are bigger cap hits. So, Matt, did Eli Rogers just suspend himself out of a job? Well, probably yes. But I don't know how secure that was to begin with anyways. You know, he, he, he sat out on the open market for quite a while. Uh, injuries are obviously an issue with him. He has some inconsistencies. I think Switzer is the more is the superior player. So yes and no. I'm not sure that he was in the long term plans anyway. Matt, when you talk about Switzer being cheap and under club control, he's not going to play for the Pirates, is he? <laughs> right. I mean, it sounds perfect for them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a little tight against the cap right now, though. Yeah. So that that's an important situation and. Maybe if Hunter or Hayward Bay doesn't make the team, you pick up a little bit of cap savings there, too. Steelers were 29th in kickoff returns last year. They're obviously uh, subpar in this area for a long time. Does this not only make them better, but it makes them better at an area of the game that is going to become more prominent? Are you seeing more of these 
pop-up kickoffs due to the new rules and guys trying to corner it? And do you think the idea on on kickoffs now will be to make the other team return it? I think so. I'm not 100% sure on that. And even before the new rules, teams like the Patriots were starting to go to that last year even more and more. You certainly are seeing a lot more of it across the league in the preseason. So I think teams will do that, um, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of, you know, we're going to try to eliminate the physicality on kickoff returns. Um, so, yeah, I do think it's important more so than it was because of the return rules, not because of, you know, the the uh, the kickoff rules where they can't get that the head start, but just the whole situation of how the blocking is going to be set up. And so I much ground to cover for those three guys, right? You're, you're, yeah. You're banking exactly. on the guy catching the ball in an uncomfortable, non-returnable position. Yeah, absolutely. And Switzer should be certainly more comfortable with that than anybody that was on the roster beforehand. Um, all that being said, I think his punt return assets are even stronger, though. So, uh, since they have to have the uh, <clears throat> pardon me, the roster cut down by Saturday. While we're talking special teams, is there any chance Jordan Barry will be out of a job? I don't think. Um, I haven't given that one a whole heck of a lot of thought, to be very honest with you. But I think he's a middle of the road, below average punter. But again, he's not real expensive. I don't see anybody that's banging on the door, but maybe if a guy gets cut around the league, they'd consider it. Uh, but uh, I would give him an 80% chance of returning. How about offensive tackle? Is the uh, backup swing tackle, or is there a tackle that's going to be on this team that isn't right now? That would be wonderful, but, I mean, of all the positions out there, that's the one that's most unlikely to present itself with a quality player. I mean, those guys just don't grow on trees. There's such a shortage right now. And I've been impressed with Chooks. You know, I think Chooks is going to uh, – I thought the, the third preseason game was, was a nice indication that they plan on using him as a sixth guy from time to time like they did Hubbard. I really like when they do that. That presents a lot of problems personnel-wise. And I think he's you know proven himself at least through these three games in training camp as a pretty solid number three. But, yeah, he'd love another one, but I doubt somebody out enters enters afraid. They're just too hard to find. This uh, Zach Banner guy, the mountain from USC, is there anything there worth developing, at least uh, practice squad-wise? Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's a slow-footed, huge human being. He was a fourth-round pick just a year or two ago. Uh, there is a little bit there, but, man, I mean, I don't see a real high ceiling with him, that's for sure. Matt Williamson from Steelers Nation Radio, WilliamsonFootball.com. Thanks so much for your time this morning, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, all right. Talk to you guys soon. Okay. Take care. We'll see you Thursday. The Steelers are back at it, taking on the Carolina Panthers. This is the uh, the yearly tradition, Mike. They close out the preseason with the Panthers. Yeah. Get through it quickly, and uh, let's get on with it. Charlie Batch has taken over for Edmund Nelson. The passing of the rib has occurred. Charlie eats ribs. Yeah. Big shoes to fill. At halftime, that, of course, marking the end of summer, officially. That in the Clark's concert? That's how you know. <laughs> Break out the sweaters. Uh, that's a 7.30 kickoff on Thursday. And coverage begins 3.30 p.m., four hours before kickoff, here on your radio home of the Steelers. You looking uh, excited. You're like uh, licking your chops over there. Nah, it's... I just I'll be excited when the it's over. game is over. Be really excited when the game is over. Well, because you're gonna go see Pearl Jam this week. Well, but just getting this this is 
Then it's the real thing. This is a terrible week in the NFL. It really is. And I've said many times there are too many preseason games. Whether you want to play 16 or 18 in the regular season, there are too many preseason games, but it's mostly financial, and that's why it is what it is. And uh, you're going to see a whole bunch of guys playing on both teams that aren't going to play in the league this year. Well, you know, Mike, if you don't have this fourth week, NBC might not have had time to debut the new green zone, which is... Instead of having the yellow line to mark first downs now, they just make a 10-yard section of the field from where the ball, where the line of scrimmage is, they make it a little more green. No. As much as I like green, what was wrong with the yellow line? Right. Nothing. Nothing. Stupid. But now you got a green zone. People will be bitching about that. Like, oh. like the flaming puck. That was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> The Flaming Puck. That could be a name if one of the Penguins decide to get a uh, have a restaurant next to Ben's. <laughs> that would be a good name for it. The Flaming Puck. The Flaming Puck. It would be. A, it could be like a fire grill. Exactly. That's what I couldn't come up with. Right, that. a fire grill. A fire grill. It'd be like fire. a fire. I'm still waiting for the drunken clam. The drunken clam. What would that be? Is that a seafood place? Or can't you say on the air? That's the uh, Family Guy place, right? Oh, is it okay? Oh, I don't watch Family Guy, sorry. Oh. Mike must, has them might all. might be the only one. Miss the reference. Boy, if there's one show that encompasses you, it is Family Guy. There's no doubt about it. Peter Griffin, what an actor. <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike, proceeded with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. I'm going to do something that uh, I don't often do here on the morning show, and that's lead with Pitt for the 8.30 sports because Pat Narduzzi's statement from last Friday continues to resonate, at least it does with me. Uh, He announced publicly Pitt is going to the ACC championship game in Charlotte. And uh, it's a bold statement for a team that won five games last year, for a team that lost to 4-8 and Syracuse for a team that lost to 3-9 and North Carolina. But uh, the Panthers have had their moments under Narduzzi. They've been few and far between. Now they think uh, going into his fourth year that they've got a team that is ready to take off like a jet and soar. And if you feel that way, why wouldn't you speak with confidence? Why wouldn't you say what's on your mind? Uh, I know uh, this might not be the uh, local climate to make such a statement given all the crap the Steelers took for looking ahead right. last year, but uh, Pat Narduzzi thinks his team's going to win this year. Uh, that's one of the reasons that he made such a statement this year as opposed to any other year that he's been Pitt's head coach. Another reason is that his players believe it. You know, we've talked about it every time in here, and, and you know, um, maybe it's that one eight at the end of the two zero. I don't know what it is, but you know, just you know, it's it's these seniors. It's it's the way they talk. It's the way they believe. You know, if they're talking it, you know, freely, and, and if they've said it, put it this way: when I first got here, these guys just wanted to win six or more games. Okay, that was the goal. When we had to change, you know, kind of how we thought. We talked about, you know, you know, goal setting, doing big things, dreaming big. And uh, when I first got here, I was just trying to get them to say ACC, forget the championship part at the end. But our kids talk in those terms now, which is, you know, I think for every football team, you should have that goal. But we had to change a lot of mindsets when I first got here. People just kind of thought like six or more games, that's a, that's a great season. And, you know, you know, we try to 
you know, grain, you know, ingrain that into our kids' heads that that's just, you know, that's just average or below average. Um, so, you know, you feel good because they believe. I'm not going to go out and take a snap. I'm not going to make a tackle, not going to make a catch. But these guys here, if they believe it, and I think we have the talent, I think we got the mindset, I think we got the chemistry to win a championship. Again, is that going to happen? We'll find out. Yeah, we will. But uh, what a way to start things off. Um, announce your presence with authority. State your intention. Call the shot. Joe yeah. Namath it. You know, it's, a, it's going into his fourth year. He's got 19 seniors. They have a quarterback in Kenny Pickett who has very little experience, but they really believe in him uh, based on what they saw in that upset of number 2 Miami last year and the way he's practiced in camp. Uh, they've got a coach in Narduzzi who is a defensive genius. Now, you wouldn't have known that watching last year's tape, all those jokes we've made about Mason Rudolph and James right. Washington scorching pit last year. The, we make those for a reason. But uh, who's to say it can't come together? And uh, Albany this week and then Penn State comes to town next week. If you can't get a little excited about pit football right now, when would you ever? I applaud the uh, the bravado. Why not? Go for it. You know, let her rip. Well, it might be a pretty quick uh, come down. It might, but considering week two is going to be one hell of a hurdle to overcome. You know, the other guy that uh, shares that building on the south side with Narduzzi might say, "Don't live in your fears." Yeah. Also, the offensive coordinator of the Browns might say that too. <laughs> he might. He also might say, "Stop hitting the quarterback." Good teams don't do the stuff we do. Do they look like? Speaking of hard knocks, let's uh, transition to the NFL. I was a little bit impressed with the Browns as I started watching that. Now I think they're right on the hinge, right on the verge of coming unglued from uh, within. Oh, oh, well, I mean, look, Hugh Jackson is uh, upset with the way that uh, Greg Williams has been spouting off. Calling guys stupid in the media. Yeah, you can't do that stuff. Well, you can't. But Hugh Jackson also looks like he has no control over that team. No, he does not. He, and he doesn't look like he deserves to be a head Not deserves, that's the wrong word. But it doesn't look like he has the stuff of an NFL head coach. He looked like he'd be a great camp counselor. Or offensive coordinator. Well, which he, which he has been. Right. People think Mike Tomlin uh, is a player's coach. Or they, they're critical of Mike Tomlin for being a, a player's coach. You should tune in to Hard Knocks. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. Not making guys practice. And I can tell you that is different than what I see every day. All right. I'm glad to hear that. The relationships with the players. There, there was one, the guy they traded, what was his name? Callaway? Mm-hmm. The second episode? Yeah. He came in bitching that he was second team, and all Jackson would say was, didn't you talk to Todd? Not good. Mike Tomlin would tell him why he's second team. Right. So, there's that. But that, it's a fascinating uh, edition of Hard Knocks. But and, you uh, love uh, the O-line guy, I'm sure. Ah, you know, he's he's an old-school O-line coach. Their O-line's pretty good. That's uh, that's not their biggest problem. No. They got a lot of problems. I, don't, I, I do think Baker Mayfield is going to be a lot better than Johnny Manziel ever was in the NFL. I think that pretty easy to figure that out. This is their offensive line coach. What was his name? Wiley? Was it something Wiley? World War One, World War Two, right? They did push-ups, jumping jacks, sit-ups, climbed the up and ran, okay? Right? And they won two world wars. Two world wars by doing jumping jacks, push-ups, and sit-ups. Two world wars. You think they were worried when they're running across Normandy about stretching? Are you kidding me? Huh? 
Bob Wiley. Same guys won two world wars. They were good in 1918. They were good in 1945. Yeah, I mean, they brought the team back together. You know, Because they, they never stretched. Yeah. GM was able to keep the team intact. I don't know. Maybe another therapy dog. Week one, if we lose to the Browns, look <laughs> oh out. My if Lev Bell comes in and lays another load like he did last year in week one, where they didn't even yeah. use him on the game-sealing drive. Conversely, if the Browns lose to the Steelers again... Yeah, now, they're, now they're spiraling, spiraling back into the abyss that they think they're ready to extricate. We'll see. Hugh Jackson yesterday said they're not going to use Josh Gordon in week one no matter what. Why would you say that? Now, why would you use him? Yeah. We don't anticipate it. If he's ready, he'll go. That's it. bunch of guys came uh, back to practice for the Steelers yesterday, speaking of who's uh, ready to go. Uh one of the interesting comments came from Bud Dupree. He talked about the, the time that has been missed on defense and eventually got around to maybe talking about how they're going to use number one pick Terrell Edmonds. We had a lot of people missing at one time. Been like one person missing at a time, two people missing. TJ and Morgan were the only ones that were gone for a significant time. And then Mike came late, but he had already got like enough time to be with us. Terrell doing a great job in Morgan's spot, so it would be good to see the um, rotation that they have. It'll be good to see the rotation that they have. Indicating? That there is going to be a rotation. Got to get Edmonds on the field. I'm not sure if at the expense of playing time for Burnett is the right way to do that. I don't know if that's taking advantage of two of your major assets that you brought in to make uh, a defense that needed help better. It's but, more like sub-package stuff where they'll both be on the see. field, right? Uh, it didn't sound like that to me. Well, that's according to... Defensive coordinator Bud, Bud Dupree. Dupree. So, let's withhold any uh, you know assertions until uh, somebody in charge tells us that. Well, speaking of which, I'm supposed to get some ac- supposed to get some access to Keith Butler today. So uh, maybe we'll get to the bottom of this. Maybe we won't because Butts hasn't exactly been tipping his hand. That's yeah. all right. I'm all right without knowing every little thing, provided that means something good's going to happen in the end. Yeah, I guess probably most people are. Yeah. I would prefer to know every little thing. Oh, I know. It's frustrating sometimes, Randall. I know, but as a Steeler fan, I'm also like, all right, Mike, quit trying to blow it up. (laughs) People's right to know, baby. I'm just trying to inform the electorate. Yeah, I got you. See, we stopped doing that. That's when we spiraled off course. Uh, We end up on hard knocks. Last but not least. America, hard knocks. Awful knocks. Yeah. Uh, Last but not least, Ramon Foster, one of those guys who came back to practice. He is on track to be ready for Cleveland. And uh, he was thinking much differently back on July the 28th when he went down and stayed down and had to be carted off the field at St. Vincent College. At that moment, Ramon Foster thought that might be it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That was my first first ever real injury. You know, I've had thumb surgeries and stuff like that, but to have something lower body extremity, I, I thought it was over. You know, I thought it was the worst. And we got the MRI, and the initial thing is, okay, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we're calm now, we got a shot. Uh, so say I'd be ready and... For week one, I didn't honestly didn't think that either, but the, the body's weird. Yeah, and just to reiterate, uh, getting Ramon Foster back allows B.J. Finney to serve the team in the manner that he can best serve the team this year, and that is as the interior backup, the backup at either guard or the center position. Uh, you get nervous when you don't have one of those and when you have your backup center playing along with your starting center. What if they both get wiped out on the same play? God forbid. 
So, starting to come together better late than never, right? Billy Gardell coming up 9 a.m. here on the DBE Morning Show. Our friend Bert Kreischer has a brand new Netflix special, Secret Time. It's streaming right now. This was from our DVE Comedy Festival at the end of June. Here he is, Bert Kreischer, live on stage at the Byam Theater. My wife's an amazing mom. I am a dad. Do you remember when you were a kid and you'd hear parents talk about bad parents? Like, uh, oh my gosh, Jennifer Stevens' mom was drunk dropping her off at school. And you're like, how does that happen? And then you become a dad and you're like, oh, I know how that happens. <laughs> I've definitely been there. I've definitely had those mornings when you get in the car and you're like, uh, who wants to take an Uber to school today, huh? <laughs> this is how bad of a dad I am. I went to a parent-teacher conference, hungover as <laughs> still drunk and high from the night before, told my wife I shouldn't go. She goes, caffeine up, pony boy, you're making it. <laughs> so I get a coffee and two Diet Cokes. Kill the coffee before the meeting even starts. In the meeting, they're like, we're going to have to hold Isla back. She's dyslexic. I'm like, Crack one of the Diet Cokes, take a sip, and when it hits my lips, I realize I have a Coors Light. <laughs> In a parent-teacher conference, that beer, when it touches your tongue, that's like a <laughs> at an orgy. Remember that Steelers cruise that I was going to... Bill like wanted get, to get married get on the Steelers married cruise. On? What? <laughs> well, there's a Steeler cruise, and I go, I'll it's get every married year. on that cruise. <laughs> and Randy's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, because... Why wouldn't I, I do that? I mean, I, what's a better story? I get married at Phipps Conservatory, or, <laughs> you know, Franco marries us. I'm like, this is a way better story. But I just remember leading up to that, I think Heinz Ward was getting on the boat, and he had, like, a pool raft. He's like, I'm not, I don't know, you know, if this ship <laughs> I sinks, go I got, I'm, pre- I'm coming prepared. I'm like, that's not going to work. That's He's good. like, I saw Titanic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just one point. None of them word. brought noodles. That's why. <laughs> I'd have been Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell will be joining us shortly here on the DVE Morning Show. And uh, thanks for putting up with, uh, if, you, if you're still listening, <laughs> thanks for putting up with my voice all morning. Val's got your news right now. What's going on, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Seven. It's 75 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Well, this is something that will affect Billy. California could see more wildfires and major erosion of Southern California beaches by the end of this century. Uh, So we got a ways to go. But California Energy Commission Chair Robert Weissenmiller says the state's latest climate change assessment shows dramatic changes just since 2012. So it could happen quicker than they think. The assessment released by the governor's office says the number of large wildfires will grow by 50 percent and the number of acres consumed will increase by 77 percent. That is if greenhouse gas emissions keep increasing at current rates. It also predicts rising sea levels will overrun beaches and Central Valley crops will shrivel as droughts increase. In a statement, Governor Jerry Brown says, quote, facts and science still matter, end quote, in California, and the findings will guide efforts to confront climate change. Yeah, I was uh, la- last weekend, a bunch of my college friends met in Lake Tahoe. One of our buddies has a cabin mm-hmm. out in Truckee. And um, you couldn't see the mountains. Because of the smoke. The smoke, yeah. It was just super smoky. And the air quality was really bad. Mm -hmm. So every day they had air, like, from Reno up to Tahoe and around it, they 
it was in the unacceptable level. So if you yeah. had like respiratory issues, you're older, mm-hmm. or you're kid, yeah, yeah. Every day I was like, don't go outside. It's like the ozone action days here, but for fires. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Police are looking for a person who broke into a home. It might be why I sound like Brenda Vaccaro. <laughs> that that could be a contributing factor. Police looking for a person who broke into a home in Duquesne and, according to the homeowner, stole the ashes of the family cat. Channel 11 reporting the homeowner surveillance video showed the break-in happening on Monday morning. That burglar also reportedly got away with jewelry and some other items. I'm not sure why you would take that. Even if it was in some large canister, yeah, ornate, like what what would you do with that? What value does that have? It must have looked like it was valuable. I guess. Otherwise, you know, I don't think there's a big demand on the black market for cat ashes. <laughs> Billy Gardell on the line with us right now, as a matter of fact. Billy. Ah, hi. What's up, cousin? Morning, Billy. Hey, so uh, I'm uh, by the way, uh, voice is hurting today. So go ahead and carry this with Val, why don't you? <laughs> Sure, man. Just hit the list. Yeah. Uh, you travel a lot, but do you travel a lot for enjoyment? Um, I travel a lot for work. Yeah, but, but well, I, but I travel a couple times a year for enjoyment. According to a new survey, seventy-seven percent of Americans say they have a travel bucket list, but only three percent have completed it. Okay, I 40, have not. I have I have a Europe trip that I want to do that I have not completed. Me too. Forty five percent are pretty sure they will never cross off a single place on their list. Oh, that's sad. So, what is it that keeps us from going on our bucket list vacations? While eighty five percent say, not a surprise, cost is money. the is the biggest concern. Well, it's always money. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're especially if you're raising a family, I mean, yep. that's it's tough to step away. You know. 21% say they dream big, but eh, just don't follow through with it. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the, I, I used to, when I when I was just a young comic and, and making, you know, uh, you know, 50 bucks a show or whatever, but in another city, I would always try to look up, like, what was cool and free about that city. Mm-hmm. Like, I would always try to find... Um, you know, like some kind of historical landmark, like, you know, like Mark Twain's birthplace or something like that. And mm-hmm. I would always try to go find stuff like that to do. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of free stuff out there that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, right. How many United States places do you still have on your bucket list? I got none left on the United States. So I've you, done them all. You did Grand Canyon? But, but yeah, but that was driving around being a comic. I mean, I was lucky. I got to, you know, pull into town and see stuff. I did do the Grand Canyon, did the Black Hills. Did Mount Rushmore, Vegas, New York, Chicago, Pittsburgh, which is on a lot of lists. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I get yeah. I'm 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 pretty pretty good with America. I've been through there a couple times. I definitely want to do South Dakota. I haven't done either of the Dakotas. You in particular might not come back from the Black Hills. You might just move up there. I would. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to go. That's out right in your wheelhouse. You too, Val. That's like. It's the, one of the most breathtaking places that I've ever seen. I feel like Patty and I should vacation together. Yeah, no, you might not come back. There'd be a hike and a helicopter, <laughs> and then a, uh, there'd be stories, and I'd be on the news weeping with Will. I wouldn't know where you guys were. Because you say she likes, you know, nature and animals. She does. Yeah, that's, Kills that's me, my Val. kind of thing. Kills me. <laughs> Kills me. The only place, like, there are a ton of places I would like to go in the United States. The only place I really want to go out of the United States is Italy. 
Yeah, I want to do. Yeah. I, I want to. I'm a big fan of trains. You know, I got a model train set. I've always liked them since I was a kid. My grandfather liked them. I love. I go see them. You know, when Carnegie does that uh, Christmas train set up at, at Christmas, I, I stand down there for like an hour and a half mm-hmm. staring at that. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I've always wanted to take a train trip through Europe. I've always wanted to go like through, uh, you know, like Italy and Spain. And, and take take the train like you know days at a time. On no, a train. you know it's an easier one and it, and also super cool is the Canadian Rockies. I was just gonna say that. Really? Yeah, they have like I don't they have domed uh, cars so you can see everything. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Yeah, and you get the dining car and the sleeping car and see the scenery that you know. I I would really love to do something like that. And the car where Kreischer's ripping off the train with the mm-hmm. Russian mafia. <laughs> No, I want to. I want to get a suit and look like Hercule Poirot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> solve some crimes. I want to solve a mystery while I'm on the train. Yeah. I need more sleep than you do. You do. Britain's leading sleep expert says in a new study that on average women need more sleep than men. In the article posted in the Daily Mail, Dr. Jim Horn states that women should be getting about 20 minutes more of sleep than men. Researchers pointed out women tend to multitask and use more of their brain throughout the day than men do. I will not argue any of these things. (laughs) However, I think you get up out of spite. Just to say, I was up before you. Exactly right. I did three loads of laundry. I was up up earlier. I was up earlier. I've already already done stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the only time I beat her up is is to to the uh, the only time I'm up ahead of her. There is, you go. Uh, that sounded really weird. Yeah, no, that, that works better. <laughs> the only time I beat her up is uh, is on Tuesday mornings, and she'll be she'll be coming down here in about twenty minutes to monitor my funny and tell me how I'm not very funny and why do people <laughs> laugh at that. <laughs> I'd laugh more, but I just start coughing, dude. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I got that that wildfire we were just talking about. I think that air out in uh, in uh, Nevada got to me. Did, did that blow up into Western PA? It's just all it's all smoke. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, today is National Red Wine Day. Is it a day every day? Now? It is. It is a day, and I is only there, do is the day every day. I only do the fun ones. Um, so today's Red Wine Day, National White Wine Day, was on the fourth. National Wine Day, May twenty fifth, and National Drink Wine Day, February eighteenth. Wine gets a lot of days. I'm gonna have to call Lou from our show, Vince, because he is a red wine guy. So he's. I'm gonna have to let him know it's okay today. Some wine stats. Today you don't. Today you don't have a problem. <laughs> no. I always feel like cuz I'm not a red wine drinker, I feel like red wine drinkers are more sophisticated. No. You know when no? I used to drink, I don't, I don't know why. That, when, when I yeah, because they're snobby. When I, I guess, used to drink, um I, I I never liked wine number 1. But red wine was just always bitter to me. It's always sour to me. I never really like like if I did drink it's, wine, I'd drink a white wine. I like the sweeter wine. Yeah, me too. No man, go for the dry stuff. It's good. I'd say you like that people the dry. see it hurts the jaw. I don't like that. The people who drink white wines, I always think are are fancier because they know really? them. I don't know oh, any white me. wines. I mean, anytime I have a dinner where that pairs with a white <laughs> wine, <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, I know like I know like Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio, or whatever, but I don't know <laughs> what goes saying. with what. You know, Gewürztraminer. So I don't, Fish. and it just. Fish. I, 
I feel like it's just white wine. Red meat is red. That's all I know. I just drink white with everything, and I, I just, don't know. I just think like it's a man <laughs> card violation when you order white wine with your dinner. You're like, I'll have a, I'll have a Sauvignon Blanc with this, please. Yeah, you have to be wearing linen pants. Yeah, yeah. If you're in California, <laughs> great. But if you're in Do- if you're in Dormont, you know it's probably gonna get some funny looks. Hey, uh, dude, can I get a Pinot Grigio with this chili? <laughs> some wine stats for you: eighty percent of people say they like wine red, the most popular. White is second, sparkling third, then rosé and dessert wine. Rosé all day. That's the thing rose now. All day. You rose, know the, yeah. You know what I used to dig? Uh, it was a sangria. I always like sangria. That's pretty yeah. good. Which is just putting more sugar in your wine. Did you ever have you ice wine? You can just wander around with a bucket of sangria. Oh, it's, and it yeah. feels like a party. It's awesome. Do you ever have ice wine? No. It's... No, wait, this is a big Canadian thing for a while. It's ve- I, I remember yeah. reading about this. It's very, very sweet. I, from what I understand, they let the grapes freeze on the vine. And that, I guess that concentrates the sugars or whatever. It's like Kool-Aid. It's super, super no, sweet. No, thanks. That's a hangover. Uh, 15, That's a 15% love wine and cheese together. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. dude. Totally. Well, I mean, they go great together. Uh, you get, We talked about this. 12% always try to pair wines with what they're eating. Yeah. I, Patty likes to go once in a while with her girlfriend. They go to a, a, a pairing like a dinner pairing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you, you know, <laughs> goes, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's one of those, uh, yeah, like you get a little bit of, the chef gives a little taste of food and then a wine that goes with it, and there's like eight of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why don't you guys just get a couple bottles and sit on the patio? I mean, who are we fooling? I mean, who are we kidding right now? So I'll cut you up some cheese and bring some almonds out on a board. The, the problem I have with the cheese plate, and I love a good, like, charcuterie or a cheese plate. I That is, like, my favorite thing. But that is not the only thing. You know what, what I mean? mean? With wine? No, well, what I'm saying is if I get one, I'm eating a bunch of other stuff, and usually I'm hungry, and I don't have any class. So if there's a cheese tray in front of me and there's, like, honey and almonds and all that stuff on there... I'm like, dude, I mow it down. It's like embarrassing. (laughs) I'm making cheese sandwiches with the little crostini and stuff and then dragging it through honey. I'm with you. I have hit the gas a little too hard on the charcuterie board. Oh, yeah, and you look like a pig. You're just making making deli sandwiches. Did did you eat all the honeycomb? Yeah, Yeah, I did. (laughs) And finally, 12% of us have downed an entire bottle of wine ourselves. Oh, yeah. Come on. I have in a couple days. Not I couldn't do one sitting. I for sure have. Not, not like in the evening? Yeah, I can't. I can't do it on a weeknight. Yeah, well, no good. way. That's I'd be really up all good. night. That's good. Oh, probably two. I could do two-thirds of a bottle maybe. Beyond that, it's a it's a gamble. <clears throat> it's risky. It depends. It all depends. Everything's circumstantial. Uh, according to the website workandmoney.com, there are five misused phrases that make us sound dumb. For, five? For, yeah, well, they discounted five. For all intensive purposes. Oh, yeah, that's a bad one. It's actually for all intents and purposes, like right. intentions. Right. Uh, this one always gets me when people say Although, it. intensive purposes is like when somebody's really into something. <laughs> I got a purpose. I, don't know, I have I'm intensive purposes. Think- I haven't heard anyone say that in a long time, so I don't I don't know. Come on back, Bill. <laughs> this is one you hear a lot. Sorry. I 
could care less. Oh, this is a which, this is a whole George Carlin bit. Right, which means you care. Mm-hmm. Should be I couldn't care less. I could right. Care less. I don't I'm, give I'm, a bleep. I'm guilty of that one. I could give a bleep. One in the same should be one and the same. It's a minor difference, but technically one in the same is is incorrect. Well, I don't know if I think that's incorrect. That sounds right. One and the same? The one and the same. One in the same is one and the same is is the correct way to say it. One in the same sounds like uh that's a that's something you can get charged for. One (laughs) and the same means (laughs) each is identical. (laughs) Tongue and cheek. Is actually tongue in cheek, yes, which is literally describing a facial expression. Mm, tongue in cheek. If it's tongue and cheek, it's and hoof, and it's right. <laughs> yeah, and it's a disease. And jive with should be jibe with. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. What's the definition really? of jibe? jibe? Jibe means to be in agreement with something. Uh, uh, I always thought it was jive. No, nope. because you go that I don't jive. Just jive. Yes, it's it's supposed to be jibe talking. They screwed it up, Bill. Jibe talking. (laughs) So years ago on the show, we came up with our porn names. It's your first pet is Mm -hmm. your first name and the name of the street you grew up on. So my porn star name was Kia Kennerdell. Rascal Sanford. (laughs) I would would be Snoopy Harrison. Oh, dude. That sounds like you come around the corner and uh, uh, you jump off jump off the doghouse where you were taking a nap in a 92 jersey and get the business. So now they've Snoop, come up. Snoopy Harrison. Uh, there's a meme that has come up with a combo that will give you your rapper name. Okay, what's so that? So it's young and then the last thing you bought. So my, my name would be Young Turkey. All right. It's a meme that's going around. Celebrities got in on it. Alec Baldwin uh, said he would be young tennis shorts. Zach Braff would be young pillowcase. Billy Eichner, young smoothie. Which, that's a good one. Young smoothie sounds cool. Uh, some non-celebrities posted their names. Young back-to-school supplies. Young personal yeah. pizza. I'd be young Charmin. <laughs> that's a good one. I would, be, I would be young watch. Those are both good. Young watch. Yeah, that, that's all right. Yeah, Young Charmin. That's, that's good. a good one. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> I like it. Young Charmin's good. That sounds like yeah. You sound like uh, that sounds like royalty. Well, uh, no, it sounds like I might I might bust into some smooth R and B. That's okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the stylings of Young Charmin. <laughs> that's a Kenny G horn. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> he's 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 Young Charmin. Kenny G. He can bust some serious. I, I mean, that's some Charmin right there. Throw, yeah, that's just he's lay, he lays the Charmin down. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Vanity Fair has come up with a list of the twenty-five best romantic comedies of all time, and it covers a lot of years. Some black and whites in there, uh, and uh, their definition of romantic comedy pretty subjective. But the American Film Institute's broad definition is quote a genre in which the development of a romance leads to comic situations any movie which sends which which uh uh sends out unusually high expectations <laughs> for other relationships yeah i so, think we should be able to sue some of these films so they listed 25 i'll just do the top 10 okay. unless you want to do all 25 no nah, 10's good all right 10 is sleepless in seattle 
Well, you knew Hanks and Ryan were going to be on this list a couple times. Yeah. Broadcast news. Great movie. But do yeah, you but think of it as a romantic comedy? I don't think of it as a. I mean, yeah, there is probably. a good sort of triangle between Albert Brooks and William Hurt and um, Holly Hunter. Yeah, I think it's more of a social statement though than a. Yeah, you really fall in love with Holly Hunter in that movie, though. Yeah, hard not to. Uh, it happened one night from 1934. Ah, great movie, and that is that's a that's a sweetheart movie. Notting Hill. Notting. Did not see Notting it's, Hill. Uh, I think it's Hugh Grant, Grant and uh, Notting. Julia gonna Rada. see it anytime soon. <laughs> Notting off. Yeah, there you go. That's Gr- the- <laughs> Groundhog Day. Romantic. Yes. Yeah, I don't see that as a romantic comedy. It's I actually it as a creepy comedy. if you think about it. It's kind of creepy. A little roof and ollie. Yeah, a little, little weird. <laughs> little brainwashy. Little weird. Ten things I hate about you is number five. Never saw it. Bridget Jones Diary? Uh, never saw that. These are just Hugh Grant and Tom Hanks movies. Uh, yeah. Clueless. With Alicia Silverstone? I guess, yeah. yeah. Paul Rudd? But I, that's more of a comedy than a well, maybe right. I guess it's romantic. I, I, it's like high school. I don't consider high school romantic. Yeah, that's true. No. It's just uh, hormonal. You've Got Mail is number two. Again. Well, we knew they were coming. And number one. When Harry Met Sally. Yes. Yeah, well, now that's a great. That might be one of the best. The forty-year-old virgin is number fourteen. Again, not. I don't. I just looked at that as a comedy, romantic comedy. Yeah, that came from a bit that he used to do at Second City, where he had like that character, and but they played out the opening scene of that movie way longer, where he he would just pretend like he was hooking up with girls and would describe what it was like, and he would change it all the time, and he would be like, yeah, her breasts were just like. You know, like bags of wet cement. And everyone's like, what? No, that's not, that's not what it's like. <laughs> and he kept just totally screwing up the descriptions. Hey, is About Last Night on that list? About Last Night is Rob Lowe, Jim Belushi, Demi Moore. Yes, yes. That's a great movie. Who, who but is that a that? comedy? It is. Is it? David Mamet. That's it, David Mamet, yes. It's actually uh, based on a play called Sexual Perversity in Chicago. That's it, yeah. They just did a remake. Like yeah, a few they did. Years ago, I think Kevin Hart was in it. I think you're right. Oh, they should never have touched that film. Annie Hall's number twenty. Yeah. Some kind of wonderful. That's from our day, nineteen eighty-seven. Dude, Eric Stoltz and Mary. Mary Stewart Masterson. Stewart Masterson. That's it. And isn't uh, James Spader? That's no. romantic comedies. They lie to you. They Andrew lie McCarthy. to you. And there's one not on this list that I watch every time I come across it on cable. Uh, it's I think it's called It's Complicated with Meryl Streep, Steve oh, yeah. Martin, and uh, Alec Baldwin. That's going to make me cancel HBO once and for all because every time I turn it on, it's on. <laughs> I don't know why I watch it every time. That's I'm like, oh, this is good. I just want to hear Randy's irate call to the cable company going, if you show it one more time. Yeah, I was on a loop for a while. I would say my favorite romantic comedy of all time is Defending Your Life. That's got to be up there. But I'm going to go, I'm going to agree with Harry Metzali. I, I think that movie's fantastic. Agreed. Pretty good. Nor Efron. Good stuff. But I, Defending Your Life, definitely top three. I mean, it's you such a chocolate? unique... Sir- chocolate at your hotel? We <laughs> don't have chocolate. It's so good. <laughs> Hazy, hot, and humid today. Temperatures in the low 90s. It's 77 at DVE. I'm going to make you nine of pies. Billy Gardell is uh, hanging out with us right now. We're going to take a quick break. The Steelers make a trade for a kick returner. Michael had the full details when we return here on the DVE. DVE. 
Sports. Mike Pursuta has your sports right now. Billy Gardell's on the line with us from Los Angeles, California. Cash. Mike, take it away. Among the developments yesterday, several players returning to practice for the Steelers in advance of Thursday's preseason finale against Carolina and much more significantly in advance of the regular season opener on September the 9th in Cleveland. Ramon Foster, one of those guys, he's been out since July the 28th, but he has been shooting for that September 9th game as his return date and yesterday a big step in that direction. Today, I did all individual, and like we got some uh, Cleveland Pierce in and stuff like that. We reacted good. That's one of the things Coach T always said, too, is I don't have to tell you what to do. You just be ready week one, and uh, that's, that's the clutch thing about having a relationship with a coach like that, too. We got some Cleveland periods in, too. They're working on the Browns already, Billy. Yeah, you know, when Tyrod, uh, how do you say it, Tyrod, when, when he broke his wrist, I just, it just reinforces how doomed that organization is. We're, we're going to crush them week one. Steelers also got a return man yesterday. They traded uh, for Ryan Switzer. He was with Dallas last year and Oakland this year. Now he is going to be with the Steelers. Mike Tomlin saying yesterday that they wanted to get him on the practice field today and into the game Thursday night against Carolina. Switzer's 5'8", 185 pounds. He was third in the NFC last year with a kickoff return average of 25 yards per. Also averaged 8.8 yards on punt returns. Uh, the Steelers. I like that. I like a specialist coming in, Mike. I like a specialist. Well, and you know what? I think there's room for it on this roster because as I try to get it to 53, rather than cut down, I've been working up from the bottom. And, you know, right. starting with, okay, he's on, he's on, he's good enough. I'm having a hard time getting to 53. Well, good. Good. I like a specialist, man. It'd be nice to have a specialist. Like, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the guy in Kansas City, Tyreek Hill. It'd be nice to have somebody like that filled in. This ain't him. This is not yeah. him. I'm just being optimistic. Steelers give well, up. I'm just crushing dreams. <laughs> I'm still taking the over. <laughs> Steelers give up a fifth round pick next year. They get Switzer and a 2019 sixth round pick. In return, uh, tight end Xavier Grimble said yesterday that he's close. He's been out for a while, uh, but he says he's close. Jesse James was back at practice, so a tight end not looking as thin as it had uh, as recently as Saturday night's game against Tennessee following the Jesse James back injury. And uh, yeah, How bad is that? Is he going to be all right? No, he practiced yesterday. He's back and fine. And what about Washington? Didn't he get hurt in that game, too? No word on Washington, but uh, there was a wide receiver back on the practice field yesterday. His name, Antonio Brown. Well, yeah. He looked good. He looked good. Good to see him out there. All I know is when, when it's time to come time, game time, he'll be ready to go. Yeah. That was Xavier Grimble talking about Antonio Brown looking like Antonio Brown. Uh, Steelers need to get through Thursday, and I think – that the Carolina Panthers will be of the same mindset. Let's uh, run the ball between the tackles and run that clock and uh, get it over with. Yes. Pirates are in St. Louis tonight. Yvonne Nova against Jack Flaherty. Uh, the box, the box, the box. <laughs> At 64 and 67, they're down to uh, just seeing what they can accomplish the rest of the year. Maybe a winning season. Uh, maybe some momentum for next year. Maybe not. But... Uh, 
Nova, Trevor Williams, and Joe Musgrove, the scheduled pitchers for the three-game series in St. Louis. I like Musgrove. Yeah, I like Williams, too. Bill, you been watching Hard Knocks? I have not. I I hope. What happened? Uh, the, Hard Knocks Cleveland? I mean, isn't that kind of a contradiction in terms of... It's pretty fun to watch, though. I mean, I vacillate between these guys are an absolute joke, and I think they, they could be... Uh, you know, halfway decent as compared to no wins last year, anyways. Right. But they could they could give you trouble. They could be a stone in your shoe. I think that could have been true with Taylor. Uh, not so much with uh, the rookie quarterback starting. He's good, Bill. He's good. Now is Tarod is definitely NFL, starting. Randy, how bad is Tarod's injury? Well, it's busted wrist. I thought. No, uh, I don't he think... came back in the game, Bill. Oh, he did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he came back in that game. He did. Well, if he's back, then I think, yeah, I think they could, because they've got some other pieces. They've got some wide receivers now. they got a few pieces on defense, but I, I still like us to to start them off with a sour taste in their mouth. I hope so. Probably a high-scoring game, though, huh, Billy? The over, Mikey. The over. So Ben has a restaurant that he's going to be opening on the North Shore soon. It's going to be kind of a little more upscale. Spring. By the end of spring, he's going to have his new place on the North Shore, but it just... There's so many people that I think could have had successful restaurants in Pittsburgh who missed their opportunities through the years. I mean, I was talking earlier about Kimo von Allhoffen. He should have had a pig pit at Heinz Field. I think that would have been great. But Franco Harris, has he ever had a restaurant? He's had Franco's Pizza. So. It wasn't really a restaurant, but it was... Not the same. He's got one at the stadium now. He does? Yeah. Another pizza joint. Oh, that's good. He could have... I mean, dude... The Immaculate Cafe. <laughs> and then Lambert Rocky, could have had Rocky a restaurant. Blyer could have, I think Rocky Blyer could have had a great bar. Oh, yeah. It just sounds like a good place. Rob Blyers. You going down Blyers? Wasn't there his family uh, bar App- owners? Appleton, Wisconsin. His dad was, yeah, in Wisconsin. I mean, that would have been great. Lambert could have had a restaurant where you didn't need teeth to chew the food. It was all, like, mushed up for you. It's <laughs> mushies. Remember Woodson opened his, and then he went yeah. to Baltimore and didn't sell an onion ring? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, sorry. The, you know some Pittsburgher was pissed because they're like, he got traded, and they're like, son of a, I got a gift certificate still for Woodson. Yeah. Well, you know, but if you're a Pittsburgher, you go, all right, look, we'll go down and burn this gift certificate off, but after that, that's it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Get on there incognito. <laughs> yeah. Taking a quick break, we'll come back more with Billy Gardell, who is live in Los Angeles, California, but reminding you Steelers Panthers, game four of the preseason is Thursday here on DVE, a seven thirty kickoff. Pre-game starts at three thirty on your radio home of the Steelers, WDVE. It's the DVE morning show, Randy Bauman along with Val Porter, Mike Pursuta. Bill's off today, but Billy Gardell hanging with us from Los Angeles, California. Soft cows. Cash cows. Well, uh, back to school for most people this week, and I know you're going to have to get the Wilster off to uh, class once again coming up, what, Thursday? Yeah, it's like I have to reprogram him this week because he's been up till 3, you know, with his buddies every night online or when they have sleepovers for the whole summer. So now it's like deprogramming somebody who was in the Hotel California. i got to shut him down off the electronics <laughs> and then 
This morning I got to wake him up at nine and keep him awake, get him to bed a little earlier. Then tomorrow's eight a.m. Then Thursday's seven, and he's just not happy about it. Nine a.m. What well, a joy that seems. I like. know for you guys that sounds, but for a fifteen-year-old who's been sleeping till noon and one and getting up and going, um, <laughs> are we going to have lunch? <laughs> For about three months, I think he's that's going to shell shock. That's the best bit. time, dude. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember being that young where oh. you can, I yep. can't sleep that long? I can go maybe six hours, but he can go to bed at uh, 10.30 and not be awake for 12 hours. I don't know how he does it. God bless him. Tell him to enjoy it. <laughs> that's what I said. I, I said, tell him, I go, you know, that's going to end. That's going to end that <laughs> sleep cycle. I'm just jealous old man walking down the hallway. Yeah, that was the best time when you had nothing to do and you could just no. stay up all night, sleep all day. Stay up till 2, 3, playing video games, wake up at noon, get somebody to go get you a sandwich. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good time in life. Well, uh, Will's a little older and can take care of himself now, but a new survey polled 2,000 people, parents and non-parents, had found that having just one kid makes your morning routine take twice as long. Really? Yeah. The average person with no kids say they can get ready for work and be out the door in 22 minutes if they're what? in a rush. Oh, in a rush. Okay. I, I can do about 30. I'm about a half hour guy. 22 minutes is about exactly what I do every morning. Almost a, okay. almost, almost to a T. All right. So how's having one kid slow it up? People with one child said it's 45 minutes. The more kids you have, the longer it takes. Yeah. Kid, uh, People with one kid said it takes 18 minutes to have breakfast, 24 minutes if you have three kids. Well, you got to convince them to eat. You got to get them to sit down and sit, to sit still. Things, the top five things that take longer when you have a kid, packing for a trip is 36 minutes longer. Yeah. Wow. I had to pack my dogs to go away on Saturday, and I thought, my God, what do people with kids do? It must take them forever to get ready to I, go anywhere. I will tell you, here, as they get older, it's much easier, because usually, like, Patty and Will can split a suitcase, and then I have a suitcase. Why? Because my clothes are bigger. Get out done. I'll be here all week. <laughs> there is a truth to that. However, when they're young, it is like being a roadie for the Rolling Stones. <laughs> there is just backpacks, and there's double bags, and there's baby bags, and then there's change bags, and like all you're doing when you're when you're a kid from zero to five, you're just rolling amps. You might as well get uh, one of them baseball T-shirts with the sleeves cut off and grow your hair out because you are just rolling amps. It is a Jackson Brown song for five years. <laughs> oh, the loadout. What a tune. Uh, Thank you. Cleaning the house takes 35 minutes longer. Well, yeah, because you're going, no, no, not like that. Like, yeah, like that. That's why. Well, and more stuff is probably messed up, too. Right. Yeah. Toys all yep. over. Shopping for... The, well, that's another thing. The, the the toy ratio, like zero to five, man. Uh, if I had to do it again, I you know those, those, uh, those like tan work boots you see construction guys Super wear? Yeah. I'd wear them the whole, uh, just 24-7. <laughs> because I have pulled Legos and sharp objects oh, yeah. and Hot Wheels out of the bottom of my feet more than I care to admit. Packing uh, for a trip. Oh, no, no. That, we did that one. Shopping for clothes, 33 minutes longer. Is that all? Well, not these days anymore, because now if you know their sizes, Amazon, you know? 
I know. Daddy will get get his jeans and shirts. They come right to the house now. They, you know, like he, I, I get a little mad because he's not. You know, you know the torture that we went through, where you had to back go to out and stand there, go in there, try that on, come back out here. You know, that's they don't have to do that. Once well, you can still do it that way, Bill. Nah, Mike, you really don't have to. You don't have to, but you could. <clears throat> No, you really don't have to, Mike. <laughs> if you wanted him it's to really appreciate the, the experience. Too. It's torture for the parents, too. But, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, I agree with you. Pumpkin Spice Evil is back once again. That's oh, right. The, the is that pumpkin, the Starbucks? Yep. The pumpkin beer is oh. in the stores already. We're, we got pumpkined. Yeah, pumpkin spice. Uh, that's That's hard to pass up. You like that stuff, even in August uh, when it's 90. No, but next month, like about the third week of football season, yeah, I'll be hitting one of those. Really? Well, you know I what? I like it. I what? like it. It's like a it's like a coffee milkshake. Yeah. Well, the beer milkshake. You know, you're you're not a drinker anymore, but you know, it's a sea change for beer drinkers out there in terms of selection at local establishments. Our friend Greg Warren had us remember that. Portions of this broadcast are brought to you by Meathead Ale. Well, 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 it's that time of year again. Fall is approaching, and that can only mean one thing. Football! Yeah! And the, the leaves are turning colors. Yeah! Up top, brother. Huh? You, you don't like uh, fall foliage? I thought everybody did. That's right, it's football season. And there's only one thing you gotta have this football season. <laughs> yeah, beer! Yeah! Also... I make a spinach, kale, and artichoke dip in a Greek yogurt that's absolutely to die for. It is. Dude, what are you talking about? Kale, man. It's a superfood. You know, you're never too young to start eating right. And when it comes to beer this football season, there's only one that will quench a man's thirst. Meathead ale. Yeah! Yeah! Meathead! Also, I like any kind of, of pumpkin beer, you know? Um, it, it's just w- with a, a, a little bit of like sugar around the edge, uh, so, so that every sip, it's 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 it's, it's, it's so yummy. It's Enjoy like, Meathead Ale's Fall Variety Pack, featuring a vast array of Meathead favorites: Meattoberfest, Harvest Meat, Meat Stout, and IP Meats. Bartender, give me a Meattoberfest draft. No pumpkin meat? I mean, really? Have a Harvest Meat and shut the hell up, would you, Toby? Can I get an orange slice for this? Drink the meat, wussy. Oh, my lord. You're a girl. I I had absolutely no idea. Meathead ale. Drink the meat, wussy. Would it be too much to ask for a little cinnamon on the rim? Yeah, Greg Warren, though. The very funny and always hilarious Greg Warren. Drink the meat, wussy. That's fantastic. I'm telling you, Bill, it's like a different world out there beer-wise right now. You know, my dad, uh, um, when he would, uh, when he, we have, uh, my cousin Stacy married a nice kid from Wisconsin, but he's, he was younger and, you know, he's 35, I guess, yeah, it's young to us, so he'd, he'd, uh, he would get this, uh, he would always bring something by the house that was like one of those, you know, blue moon pale, mm-hmm. sunshiny orange beer or something like that. <laughs> my dad would just go, 
Yeah, don't even put that on the same shelf as my beer. No. <laughs> like, he didn't even want it near his beer cans. It was just like, I'm afraid some of that might get in my, my beer. I don't want that to happen. Well, it's funny because when people come over to my house now, you know, they'll reach for the Bud Lights and not if I have any, like, craft beer in there. People are back on. They just want normal beer Straight again. Straight ahead. Yeah, enough with all that. I don't know. I'm kind I of I, I, like I always like. I, I think. I think the the I like Bud Light when I was drinking. I like Miller Light. I liked uh, when, when I was drink. To me, fancy was Heineken, and uh, I, I liked uh, Stella's. Those were yeah. Stella's were great. And uh, but I, I like a beer, beer. I don't. I don't need it to be fruity or you know. I didn't like it to be a you know. I didn't want it to be so heavy that you could only have one. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Some of these IPAs will knock you on your ass now. Yeah. Well, their alcohol level's superb. And they got like 17%. 350 calories. Have, you know, Randy, years ago, and I bet you know this beer up in Erie, they had that Railbender. Erie uh, Railbender Bach. Whoa. About three of those, and it was, uh, you were well. <laughs> the train leaves the station after three of those. Bill, th- so when they first opened up, their <laughs> brew pub. What's called for Erie Brewing was called Hoppers, and on Thursday yeah. night, they were a dollar a pint. Oh but, my gosh! But we didn't really know the whole. Oh my you know, god! No, like we weren't paying attention to the alcohol content. So you would go there before. There's another special uh, on Thursday nights at this bar called the Docksider. So everybody would go to Hoppers, and you'd have like three beers there for three yeah. bucks, and yeah. you were how are we lit? Yeah, how just, are we lit already? <laughs> Just hammered, and you had those wicked hangovers the next day because nobody was hydrating. Water? Who needs water? Yeah, I uh, I remember uh, I was drinking those up there, and I and I thought, what, what has my tolerance gone down? What what is happening to me? And then uh, the next day, someone said, No, nah, it's like double the alcohol content. Mm-hmm. You want one? <laughs> They're good. <laughs> they pounded me down, man. Oh, yeah, they were good, but man, they, good they pack a punch, no doubt. Billy Ardell yeah. uh, with us this morning from Los Angeles, California. Bill, always a pleasure to talk with you, and uh, hopefully next week when we're talking Steeler football, I'll be in uh, a little bit better health here. My apologies. You got it, buddy. Feel better. Yeah, man. Feel better. I love all of you. Love you back, bro. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks to uh, Matt Williamson for joining us to talk Steelers as well. Michelle's up next. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm -hmm.